Captain's Log, Stardate 30.rock with Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Space Reporter Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Jeffrey Epstein, our <laughs> ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go where we can be nude without scorn. This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, is this all some temporal Cold War shenanigans or what? I, I hope so. That would, that, would, that would be a greater explanation for things. Be more reassuring. <laughs> more reassuring, yeah. yeah. The things can be better and change, possibly, as long as we fix the temporal Cold War. <laughs> Maybe. Today, we will be watching and reviewing Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 9, Trusted Sources. Mm. Yeah, but first, let's get into what's going on in the world of Trek and the world outside of Trek. We got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news for you. It was announced last week at New York City Comic Con that Star Trek Prodigy will finally be returning with the third installment and second half of its first season on October 27th, 2022, which is one week from today. Hell yeah. Uh, almost exactly a year after its premiere. Nobody's exactly sure why the schedule was made this way, but the first season of the show has already been interrupted twice. The first time, so Discovery Season 4 Part 1 could air, and the second earlier this year, so Discovery Part 2, Picard Season 2, Strange New World Season 1, and Lower Decks Season 3 could air. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> it's funny because it's like, it's not like it's... The show doesn't seem like it's in competition with those shows. It's, it's not, because it's a kid's show. And <laughs> yeah. also the thing is, like, with a kid's show, like, why you're you're dragging it out and, like, your audience is going to age out of the show <laughs> yeah. by the time you try to, like, finish telling the story, which is weird to me. Yeah, kids have short t attention spans nowadays. Just, yeah. They probably already forgot about it. <laughs> exactly. And you, like, split up the, the fucking first and second season with a month in between, which is fine. Yeah. You can do that. Or the first and second installment. But then the second and third installment have, like, what, eight, nine months in between them? Which mm -hmm. is, like... What? I mean, fucking kids are just going to forget about the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't even really paying attention to news of it mm -hmm. because it just did like, there was no buzz or anything. No one had really talked about it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the bastard child Star Trek show, it seems, mm -hmm. at this point, even though, you know, it's a lot better than half of the other Star Trek <laughs> shows. Um, yeah. So it, I think it's an interesting strategy. And um, it kind of makes it more or less like a filler show that airs in between regular seasons of the other shows, mm. especially since Prodigy is demographically not aimed at the same people any of the other shows are, and I really doubt there's a huge amount of crossover between the other shows unless you're like a completionist or yeah. a freak like us. 
or maybe they do do it like that because I know there are lots of adults. Us. <laughs> us. Namely <laughs> us. Yeah. But also just like other Trek people that are, you know. Trek awesome. people. That's a really nice way to put it. That's a great euphemism. <laughs> Call them Trek people from now on. Yeah, that are just like, oh yeah, we want to also watch this along with everything else. So mm-hmm. Perhaps. The second half of the season will consist of 10 episodes and so far is reported to include the return of Admiral Janeway, uh, Janeway as well mm. as Ronnie Cox returning in his role as Admiral Jellico. Hells yeah. In which we love Jellico and mm-hmm. his four shifts. Yeah. Four shifts, four inches of dick, baby. It makes sense. Like, I feel they probably just kept the threes in there because it's the, you know, the sacred threes continuing on, you know, lots of things happen in threes. Yes, <laughs> comedy happens in three, but it's not a comedy show. Yeah, uh, no, but like, uh, but that Jellico, he could see through that, and he could actually see the practicality of four instead of threes. Right. You know, there are four lights. There are four shifts. Mm-hmm. You know why? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not called three skin. People are like, oh man, I want that meaty three skin. You know, <laughs> there are, there are four. There are four skin <laughs> on my forehead. I <laughs> want four skin on my forehead. Uh, yeah. What? I mean, what do you think? Which Which races do you think still do circumcision in the Star Trek universe? Hmm. It's a good question. I but, imagine Klingons actually do because, like, you know, they they very rarely wash and stuff when they're on long journeys, and so mm-hmm. like it probably gets infected, you know. I bet, yeah. they, I bet they have a meaty foreskin on both of their dicks and like it gets infected so often that like Klingon doctors are like, ah, all right. Maybe that's why Klingons were always described as for being fragrant. They just had that. Oh, they always had the smegma yeah. aroma. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. like, yeah. Just wafting from both penises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so they, they have that thing, um, like a bunch of dumb fucking like right wing hippie movements and stuff earned that thing where like, they they're like oh humans have pheromones if you want to attract a male women like put your period blood like dab it on your wrists and your neck like it was uh like it was you know perfume yeah which is like insane like we're dogs or something yeah just right? going, like, just coming like, up and smelling people and like right Ooh. like i'm smelling women's wrists in order to see how <laughs> yeah. like you know virile they are if i can like pump yeah. a couple babies into them like i'm a mm, fucking... what smells like pennies <laughs> <laughs> damn girl you smell like zinc <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that argument also with like the, you're getting the, some iron you, you eat a lot of spinach huh bitch like, like the, the urine therapy people also like oh, that yeah. pee. ut is so fucked up dude Ugh. If you uh, if you're listening to this program and you're into urine therapy, don't listen to this program. <laughs> we don't, Please stop. We don't want your kind. Like, that's 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 that stanky shit. That's where the door is. Go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the door to the restroom. Go in. Use it. Yeah. Don't pee in a jar. Jars yeah. are for collecting your cum, not urine. All right. Yeah. Put the pee in the toilet, not on your face. Yeah, you're like yeah. Like if you want to, if you want to collect something in a jar, get a uh, Admiral Barclay action figure for four ninety eight yeah, on eBay. I'm gonna get that shit. It's four eighty five. Yeah, four eighty five. Yeah. There you go. Fucking drop it in <laughs> in a, a mason jar. Fill it with cum. <laughs> Let Barclay know what it's like for once. It's still in the package. I think if I get it for four, if you think it's yeah, I mean it's not worth anything. It's like four dollars. Like, no, if I take no. it out of the package, it'll never. Yeah, like even <laughs> after Dwight Schultz dies, like the the figures will somehow become less 
like, <laughs> will be worth even less. <laughs> they're 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 gonna just keeping them from being buried with all like the uh, the ET et- 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 cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like just a, a landfill in Arizona that's yeah. nothing but Dwight Schultz action figures yeah. and et games. It's like both from both like yeah Star Trek and uh, the A Team. <laughs> like it just has his, just his characters like none of the other ones. I always forget that he was in the A Team. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but everyone, everyone obviously kept their Mr. T action figures. And oh, yes, you do. Of course you keep the T figure. Like, yeah. And Mr. T's still, like, wholesome as fuck. Oh, yeah. We love Mr. T. Good good man. Good family man. <laughs> he bought his mama a house. He bought, like, all of his siblings' houses. Mm-hmm. Good, good dude. Yeah. We love that. We love you, T. <laughs> Moving on in Trek news this week, a new Star Trek book was just released. Mm. Oh, oh, excuse me. A new Star Trek cookbook was just released. Oh, shit. Written by Chelsea Monroe Castle, creator of the Game of Thrones food blog and its resulting cookbook, the World of Warcraft official cookbook, Okay. the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost cookbook. Okay. The Firefly Big Damn Cookbook, the Elder Scrolls official cookbook, all of which sound like incredible wastes of time, yeah. food, and paper. I did watch uh, one of those uh, YouTube videos where people went to that Galaxy's Edge thing, like mm-hmm. the Star Wars Galaxy Edge thing, and the food did look weird that they got on the thing, but they were both, but if you broke it down to what it actually was, it's like, it's probably just like Romanesco. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it was, it's, it was a, like a, it was like a pizza, but like the cheap, but it was like weird shaped pizza. And so it's just like the, but yeah, and like the people are like, Oh my God, look at this. Look at this funky alien pizza. It's, a, it's, it's shaped into a rhombus. And there's <laughs> yeah. like a fucking, like a fucking poor, like bus boy, like cutting out nine tenths of a pizza and being like, can I eat this at least? And his boss yeah. is like, no, it's against corporate policy. <laughs> like, oh God, fuck kitchens. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, Included in the book are recipes for Vulcan blow meek soup. Mm. More like Vulcan blow me soup. Got it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bajorn Macapa bread. Okay. Yeah. So is that is that their religious holy, holy high day bread? I guess. <laughs> like, uh, it's like an unleavened bread. No, it's, just, it's <laughs> their version of weed brownies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Klingon Ligta roast. More like ligma roast. <laughs> yeah, like ligma, <laughs> ligma balls roast. Um, regalian chocolate truffles. Okay. Which is just poop. <laughs> and, uh, and Romulan ale. Which oh, is, sweet. Which is just fermented piss. Are, are, are they encouraging people to do ferment, fermentation, like make beers and stuff? You know, I didn't. I didn't get into it. I, I, I bet more than anything, it's just like, oh, take your favorite beer and put two drops of blue food coloring. Yeah. Don't worry when your poop comes out black for the next week and a <laughs> half. That's probably the blue food coloring. Mm-hmm. If it's more than ten days, though, consult a doctor. Yeah, really, this is just like doing stuff to make. It's kind of like you know the like an adult version of like here comes the airplane. <laughs> you know, just making just normal food fun. Like, uh, yeah, (laughs) no, it's like, it sucks though. Like everything about it sucks and it's just a dumb cash grab. Yeah. 
And like, I like it when if when it's Ethan Phillips because he's dumb. Yeah, and, and really, all, all the recipes in that in the um, Neelix cookbook are just like normal ass things. Yeah, they are. But it's, <laughs> yeah, he just like puts a new name on it, which yeah. is funny. And I'm sure all of this is too. You know, when I was obviously a, when I was a kid, I got the um uh the the Jr. from Wrestling Cookbook, the the WWE cookbook. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was just like it had recipes like. Vince's, Vince's, Vince McMahon's cooked uh, grapefruits. Because <laughs> you know, you, you know, during that time, he was talking about his testicles like they were two swollen grapefruits. That's amazing. So they had like cooked, cook, Vince McMahon's cooked the uh, oh, grapefruits. So yeah. <laughs> I, I love JR. JR is like one of my favorite things in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just because, especially now that he's like just bumbling a lot of the time in AEW. <laughs> yeah. I love him. He he looks ageless. Like he, he, yeah. he, they must just keep him frozen between matches. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. They have a JR chamber at every yeah. stadium uh, in mm. America now. <laughs> yeah, they've they planned it out. <laughs> yeah. So um, personally, I think uh, we all know that publishing a Star Trek cookbook after the Ethan Phillips quintessential tome mm-hmm. of Neelix recipes, uh, it is very disrespectful to the franchise. Yeah, the actor. And to the spirit of Neelix himself mm-hmm. to publish something calling yourself a Star Trek cookbook. So, <laughs> um, yeah, are you even going to put like a bunch of weird uh, tufts of hair from your face into to each right? food? Like, like, like traditionally Ch- how Chelsea Neelix does Monroe it. Monroe Cassell, <laughs> you're not putting your cum in that food. So <laughs> it has nowhere near the level of. Um, in-universe involvement as Ethan Phillips' cookbook. Yeah, your your cheese your cheese is not poisoning not uh poisoning biopacks. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely. It, and it's not dick cheese either. Yeah, so, like get get out of here with your fake ass bullshit and your Romulan ale. Yeah, it would be funny to see, but but who knows? And yeah, I like it better when yeah the cookbooks are written by fictional characters because yeah, and also <laughs> yeah, the whole thing of of her coming from writing like the Game of Thrones. Yeah, he, he's a fictional deer. I'll cook it both fancy. Like it's, it's dumb. It's yeah. it's dumb. I don't like it. It's stupid. It's silly. And also, honestly, who buys a new cookbook these days? It's true. Literally, all that shit's on the internet. It's yeah. all on the internet. And if, those are like books. Like just every single online recipe is a book. It is. Like, yeah, it's got a fucking story to it. And like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure if you search up like Star Trek food, you can find some incredible fan fiction yeah. that is also accompanied by a stupid recipe for regular food. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, but yeah, it's just like uh it's, cookbooks are dumb and they're outdated. Apparently though, like the last month or so, like a cookbook has been number one on the New York times bestseller list. So hmm. it just proves that America's dumb and full of idiots. Yeah. Every single time I've, I've ever bought a cookbook, I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. Who, that's what I'm saying. Who buys cook? Like I, when I used to work in kitchens and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, real try, trying to make a career and stuff I did buy cookbooks. Cause I'm like mm-hmm. looking for inspiration and stuff and like new techniques and stuff. But no, no, like n- no one, no one buys cookbooks. Come on. Mm-hmm. Old ladies by cooking. <laughs> and finally, in Trek news this week, it was announced this week that an article has been published in Nature magazine by a team of researchers that identifies na- uh, that identifies unique methamphetamines variants as the Borg hmm. after the antagonist from Star Trek. 
the Borg have existed alongside the proteins for their entire existence, but their form and function has never, uh, has finally been published. And with a lovely nod to Star Trek. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I like when people name things after Star Trek things. Although yeah. I hope they don't name anything after like Captain Kirk, although I'm sure they have. Yeah, there's a place when I was, I was like uh, researching getting a vasectomy in, in, in Seattle. There's a doctor that has a, does a vasectomy with hyposprays. Oh, really? That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's forced you to have a vasectomy already. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I am now legally required by the court <laughs> to get a vasectomy. <laughs> and so, but, I, you know, I just wanted to be fun, so I wanted to make sure I go to the, uh, to the, to the Star Trek doctor that has hyposprays. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out my body just uh, metabolizes saltpeter and it makes me more horny. So yeah. the state, you know, they got a whole team working on it. Yeah, the chemical castration didn't 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 hold. <laughs> no, it never does. Never does. Um, moving on in actual news this week, uh, following up on a story briefly talked about a few weeks ago, American chess grandmaster Hans Nyman has filed a $100 million lawsuit against grandmaster Magnus Carlsen and chess.com this week following allegations that he cheated on over 100 games, in some instances, doing so using Morse code sent through a remote vibrating butt plug. Hells yeah. That rules. Unfortunately... In researching this article, it appears as though the butt plug thing was a joke that was taken out of context and spread as actual information. Mm. It appears as though he, it was never even suggested he used a butt plug to cheat mm. and instead actually used a vibrating, a vibrating shoe technique. Oh. Yeah. But honestly, if you cheat at fucking chess to try to be like cool. Yeah. You should be humiliated for embarrassing butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve that. That shit's dumb as hell. Yeah. It's it's sad that he had to, like, you know, make it seem cool. Like, it's like, okay, cheating at chess, you know, whatever. Like, oh, but he cheated at chess using butt stuff, though. And then it's like, well, he's cool. I know. It, like, I was like, yeah, he is cool. And then he's, like, uh, filing, being litigious and be like, I didn't use a butt plug. Yeah. I like, actually used it in my shoe. And then I'm like... Oh. Oh, he's a foot guy. Gross. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's Tarantino chess over here. <laughs> like, no one wants that. That's not cool at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I did I did see a video of them uh, rubbing the, um, you know, the, the wand, the metal detecting wand over his butt <laughs> to nice. try to see, decide, see if he did have a butt plug in. Been a lot cooler if it was a Hitachi wand. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Tachiwan just, just falls massage. at the bottom of his of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, just, it's like wait, you can't use that with a remote. No, it's just for me. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps me calm. <laughs> Helps my anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, just shove that thing right up against the prostate. <laughs> zoot zoot. Let it roll. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, so I'm I'm disappointed that we were duped. Yeah. Let astray. Everyone was duped by the by the butt plug story. Yeah. Apparently it was just like a YouTube comedian who made it up. Oh, really? Everyone just kind of ran with it. Hmm. Which, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, the fake news machine. I know. We fell for some fake news from the MSM. <laughs> Look at us. Look at I, us. Little pawns. Little sheeple in their game. I think we're also just so desperate for just cool news. I know. Like, and- <laughs> like all the news fucking sucks. Like, yeah. on, on, honestly, like, 
as much as like Hunter Biden sucks, mm-hmm. he's one of the only funny, cool people in the news. <laughs> like, I mean, not cool. He's definitely yeah. not cool, but like, he's funny. Yeah. Like he's, he's like the biggest fucking fail son. Oh yeah. And he just like, he's, he's like, I don't know, like a, a superhero for like ultimate white privilege. Yeah. He's just like this, this trend setting guy who's going around the world doing tons of little crimes <laughs> that anybody else would have probably been put to death for in a third world country at this point, but he just gets away with it because of who his dad is. Yeah. And, I, f- I heard that. So they recently like uh, caught Ezra Miller and sentencing them to like, Oh yeah. He's 20, uh, or they're, or sorry. They, they are uh, 26, 26 years. years. They yeah. could get up to 26 years, Yeah, which but, like, I love a gay villain. I love a highly <laughs> queer, like mustaching, twirling villain. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I uh, remember Captain Angel from yeah. uh, uh, mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds episode, I think seven this mm-hmm. season. Uh, I love Captain Angel. Yeah. And Ezra Miller is just like a real life Captain Angel. <laughs> just like this, this hot queer person who is inexplicably evil. Yeah. Like to the core of their being <laughs> and just can't stop doing evil things yeah. and somehow have such a twisted worldview that they're always able to like rationalize all of their weird evil shit. Yeah. And like, oh man. And like, they seemed untouchable too, like for a while, but yeah, like Ezra, they, Ezra they Miller, don't have Hunter, Hunter Biden. Yeah. Ezra Miller, Hunter Biden, those two need to team up <laughs> yeah. like that. That is a great, like uh, odd couple duo. One of them, one of them's like gay. One of them's like, yeah. you know, on so much drugs that they're bisexual. That would and be like, a cool ass movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Honestly, Ezra Miller and Hunter Biden teaming up would be yeah, a like, great buddy comedy. It's like the president's son, the president's drug addicted son, a non-binary actor <laughs> <laughs> on the run from the law, on the run from the law. They hate each other, but they love crime <laughs> and butt stuff and butt stuff, but not with each other unless and sex workers and drugs. It's <laughs> just like, and then go around punching people in Hawaii or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we just, we just love that. That's, that's real fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on in real news. Uh, speaking of Biden's, the white house said th- uh, Thursday this week, that the U.S. has evidence that Iranian troops are, quote, directly engaged on the ground, unquote, in Crimea, supporting Russian drone attacks on Ukraine's infrastructure and civilian population. Hmm. Bear with me here. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby uh, swallowed a reporter and took their job this week. That's a Kirby joke. Uh, no, uh, National Security spokesman John Kirby told reporters that Iran has sent, quote, a relatively small number, unquote, of personnel to Crimea, a part of Ukraine unilaterally annexed by Russia uh, in contravention in, uh, of international law in 2014 to assist Russian troops in launching Iranian-made drones against Ukraine. Yeah, how small are they talking here? Like, is it provable? <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> Members of a branch of Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps were dispatched to assist Russian forces on how to use the drones made in their country, according to a British government statement. Mm. Said, quote, the information we have is that the Iranians have put trainers and tech support in Crimea, but it's the Russians who are doing the piloting, Kirby said, which is wild to me since that does not seem like evidence of, quote, 
Iranian troops directly engaged yeah. on the ground. That seems like IT guys and people <laughs> and tech support for drones yeah. that the Iranians made. That's not troops on the ground. No. He said, he said Iranian troops directly engaged on the ground and they have IT guys and people that show that are showing them how the drones work. Yeah. is Yeah. It's clearly like the, they're using lots of like, uh, misinformation to like connect Iran. So they're like, well, got to go to war with Iran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, see, see, they're helping the evil Russians. You know, they're going against our Lord and savior Zelensky. So Kirby <laughs> added that the branded administration was looking at imposing new sanctions on Tehran that would look for ways to make it harder for Tehran to sell such weapons to Russia. The U.S. first revealed this summer that Russia was purchasing Iranian unmanned aerial vehicles to launch against Ukraine. In a contentious closed-door U.N. Security Council meeting late Wednesday, the U.S., U.K., and France accused Iran of selling drones to Russia in violation of a U.N. Security Council ban against the transfer. Iran and Russia both deny the sale of the munitions. U.S. officials believe that Iran may have deployed, may have deployed, military personnel to assist the Russians in part because of the Russians' lack of familiarity with the Iran-made drones. Declassified U.S. intelligence findings show that Iran faced technical problems with the Iranian drones soon after taking delivery of the weapons in August. Quote, The systems themselves are suffering failures and not performing to the standards that apparently the customers expected, Kirby said. Quote, the Iranians decided to move in some trainers and some technical support to help the Russians use them with better lethality. The Biden administration released further details about Iran's involvement in assisting Russia's war in Ukraine at a sensitive moment. The administration has levied new sanctions against Iran over the government's brutal crackdown on anti-government protests in recent weeks spurred by the death of 22-year-old Masha Amani, who died in Iranian security custody. So, this is just them manufacturing consent in case mm-hmm. they want to do a war with Iran. Yeah, that's which what they've been wanting to do for decades now. Yeah, so no, like, it's 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 it's. The, I mean, yeah, that's when they killed fucking Soleimani. Yeah. like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. they're trying to do it. Then they're yeah. trying to do it now. They're trying to push Iran to the brink yeah. because I, Iran no longer wants to play games, and it's it's fucking crazy and confusing to me because like liberals were like, oh fucking. Uh, Trump, he's so evil because he's getting out of the fucking Iranian nuclear deal. And you know what I, Biden's done to yeah. get, get back into that? Fucking nothing. Oh yeah, like They're, well, and, and, and and so like, and I think tying it to the to this the, the Russian Ukraine thing is a way to like you know to get liberals on board with it. Oh, one hundred percent. Because like, and, and liberals just buy that shit. They will. Oh yeah, liberals will buy whatever you sell them. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like there were liberals who watched the fucking uh, what Caitlyn or not Caitlyn. Um, so it was Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial and been mm. like, God, I need to start drinking Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and it's, yeah, it's just like you know, it's just it's just just context. You know, context is for kings. Shut up. It's <laughs> next episode, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> like um uh. Um, yeah, it's just like, you know, just flip the script and you can get everybody on board and yeah, man, you said manufacture the consent for, for whoever it needs, you know, just gotta, yeah. just gotta like change the scenery a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's wild to me cause it's like nobody learned fucking anything from 
the post 9-11 aftermath from Bush no. and his fucking illegal wars yeah, in Afghanistan and Iran, and, yeah. Iran, or Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. Like nobody learned fucking anything. No. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no reason they have, they have no actual proof of them doing anything mm-hmm. and they are working with a ton of different conjecture. And if you actually like read the article and read the words that Kirby says, mm-hmm. you like everything kind of breaks down. Like it starts with, he says one thing and then he goes to disprove everything he <laughs> says through mm-hmm. context. And yeah. you're like, so like the, the okay, the, the headline was wrong. The byline that they used the directly quoted him was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like with further context, he says something and then proves himself wrong. (laughs) And it's, it's all, I don't know. It it seems transparent to me, but like, I don't know. Fucking reporters are falling for this shit. Journalists are falling. But at the same time, journalists, they, they, I mean, all they do is just, you know, repeat. Yeah. They, they regurgitate whatever the state tells them because their job requires them access to these people and, and if they, no asking it, questions. Yeah. And if they question <laughs> anything they do, if they're yeah. critical in any way of them, they no longer have access, which is mm-hmm. why, I don't know, there, there needs to be a better system for press yeah. in government and like something that requires way more accountability. Like politicians should be like required to talk to press oh, yeah. uh, and like, you know, all types of press, even, even press that I disagree with. <laughs> Like Fox News has, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Fox News and OAN like have just, just as much right to have press passes as everyone else in the White House press room. God damn. Okay. Sorry. I I mean, I got through it. Um, But no, like, like a, a free press obviously like is fundamental to the freedom of a nation. Yeah. And if we're going to pretend like we have freedom, but have what ostensibly is state sponsored. And here's, here's something that I always find fucking funny. People are like, Oh, Oh, the Russians are in China in their state media. Uh, Like, like fucking. Yeah. We like, like no other state media here. Like like media here doesn't get subsidies from mm -hmm. the U S government. Yeah, they do first off. And also they're fucking corporate run media. Like even our, Mm -hmm. our quote unquote public media, like yeah, yeah all their interests are in line so it's like yeah, they're I all mean, they're all owned by by a ver- like all the all the uh all the press is owned by a very small few hands that control all of that mm-hmm. and they're they're ideologically you know and uh aligned mm-hmm. with and material aligned with the state yeah <laughs> so it's I mean, like you you look and see it like that we all know that media censors itself to, because of advertisers right yeah you know but people get taken off the air because advertisers drop out mm-hmm. and so the news is beholden to the corporate interests that sponsor them. Yeah. Uh, in as much, uh, oh, I'm almost going to say this. Am I going to say this? It's almost better sometimes if media has more independent sponsors, <laughs> like my pillow. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, no. It's it's almost better though. Like if. Um, you know, media is not sponsored by conglomerates because conglomerates have such vested interests in so many different veins of society mm-hmm. that it makes that it impossible for them to deliver the news without some kind of color commentary mm-hmm. based on the interests of their advertisers. Yeah. Which is why people are like, 
oh, John Oliver, oh, it's so great now, he's on HBO, and they don't have advertisers, so he can say whatever he wants. No. no. <laughs> That's very wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, HBO is still owned by Discovery, Viacom, whatever, so mm-hmm. it's like, they have lots of corporate interests. And- I mean, he was, like, still, like, you know, uh, hitting the war drum for Venezuela and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just yeah, like, no. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. Yeah. Can't trust any of it. Yeah. Um, that's why it's like sucks because like when people when like you know they when right wing people do go like you know the fake news media it's just like you know there's a grain of truth to that <laughs> yeah i mean there there yeah, yeah there is a lot of fake news media yeah. there are things that do happen that are reported mm-hmm. like you know there are some events that are unquestionable that happened mm-hmm. yeah um and that's it but there's so much color to everything yeah based on you know, they're sponsors. And so when people are like, eh, Russian state sponsored, I'm like, listen, every little bit, bit of media that you consume is sponsored by some sort of interest. And yeah. and the Russian state is no worse than 95% of those uh, interests. And, uh, like, and plus like the perception that there is like a, you know, a left and right where it's just like, but that's, it's mostly just culture war. No, it divide is. because yeah. like, otherwise both are very like you know fox news and cnn are both dedicated to perpetuating a war a war and the capitalist project yeah because without capitalism they don't make money and that's all they're there for is to make money but this but the whole like you know you know kabuki theater culture war thing that we have going where Mm -hmm. it's just like makes it seem like they're that we're getting two separate sources of information when they're both leading us to the same goal. <laughs> I, I consider it more Bukaki theater. Yeah. Kubaki theater. Bukaki. Um, yeah. So fuck, fuck the, the fake news corporate media. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's good stuff out there and I, I recommend you look at a lot of different news sources, you know, compare them to each other, compare different independent journalists accounts to each other. Like, you know, Getting the news is now, and it's weird because I feel like things used to be like there was a general societal consensus on the news. You know, mm-hmm. there was only a couple news networks and they were all delivering very much the same news. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, literally ev- there's a different like fucking news source for every type of personality. Yeah. And you can always find a news source that will give you information colored in the certain interest mm-hmm. um and you know like my parents love uh uh what's it called newsmax yeah yeah because <laughs> it, it it provides the type of colored news mm-hmm. uh, actually none of the news is uh never mind <laughs> <laughs> so no it provides the a certain type of um of news commentary that um you know just like manufactures the consent that they are looking for mm-hmm and there are certain things that they, and certain truths they hold to be self-evident and like original premise. And any news and any new source that matches up with that then becomes a part of them in their personality, yeah. which mm-hmm. is like, and you see like people now, like uh, there are many people of many different types of, you know, um, political persuasion that like define themselves by their news source. Mm-hmm. 
you know, people are like, oh, I don't watch that liberal crap. Only Fox News or, yeah. oh, fucking Fox News isn't, you know, they're they're corporate. OAN all the way. Or, yeah. uh, you know, fucking the blaze. <laughs> um, yeah, defined by consumption. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ex- exactly. Every yeah. Everything in America, though, is defined by consumption. We, yeah. We, and, you know, Star yeah. Trek podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I mean, that that is consumption. However, yeah. Star Trek transcends that in that. It's true. It, it, but even kind of even before we were in a consumption culture, it was a, an actual community that mm-hmm. exists as an actual community still today. That's true. Which is one nice thing about, you know, Star Trek is that like, it's not like another show where there's just like some nebulous fandom that has a big online forum and mm-hmm. that's it. You know, Star Trek fans have conventions. Star Trek fans do fucking, you know, uh, Star Trek in the park. Um, it's true. There's live Star Trek comedy troops. Like there's mm. a sense of community and there's like real live things happening within the Star Trek community. There's a whole language. There's languages. <laughs> people like literally Star Trek actually gets people out of the house to touch grass, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unlike pretty much any other fan base in modern existence. I did touch grass over the weekend. Wow. Yeah. I smoked some grass right before the podcast. <laughs> Willy Willy wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the fucking air quality around here is dog shit. Uh, it is like yeah, I've was... been coughing the last two weeks, and I'm like, God, am I smoking too much weed? Answer: Yes, but I usually don't smoke from that. Um, uh, smoke. I usually don't cough from that. Um, fucking the the air quality here yesterday apparently was the worst air quality of any in, major in enti- city yeah. in the entire world. Oh yeah, and I was out all day for 12 hours just both past <laughs> yeah. i pretty much smoked the equivalent of 10 cigars just being outside mm, oh, yeah. yesterday <laughs> oh you're like part of steven crowder cigar club now <laughs> whoa oh yeah <laughs> um yeah w- without the uh, implied dick sucking that goes into it no no you can keep that <laughs> yeah you can keep that speaking of some implied dick sucking uh, you want to get into the new trek for the week? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. We got uh, we got some new lower decks for this week. So let's take a trip <clears throat> down below. Let's talk about trek, baby. Let's lower decks, baby. Let's talk about all the bad times, all the fun times. Let's talk about trek, lower decks, season three, episode nine. Trusted sources. Uh, released today, October 20th, 2022, mm-hmm. written by <clears throat> Ben Waller in his first professional writing gig since the cancellation of his Hulu show, Rocket Jump, the show in 2016. I haven't even seen that. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's been like a writer's assistant mostly, mostly on Lord <laughs> X for the past three years. Um, mm-hmm. So good for him for breaking out of writer's assistant and, uh, you know, yeah. getting his own featured uh, script. That's awesome. Good for you, guy. Yeah. And uh, this one is directed by Phil Mark Segadraka, who we've talked about before. Uh, he's the director. Uh, he directed Here All Trust Nothing from this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely has a name a vampire would use to hide in plain sight. <laughs> so we're on to you once again, Phil Mark Segadraka. We know you're just uh, uh, Dracula, who yeah. obviously really likes Sonic. Yeah. And he's, yeah. yeah. It's like this Alucard fellow. Yeah, <laughs> definitely getting those vibes from Phil Mark Segadraka. Yeah, good for him. You know, that probably is a good job a a, a, a vampire could have. True. I like want a- to work in animation. <laughs> a bunch of nerds that haven't seen the sunlight in years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, I live in a basement too. <laughs> um, 
So let's get right into it. We open on a captain's log uh, from Captain Freeman. Captain's log, stardate 58496.1. While the primary mission of the California class's second contact, Starfleet has never considered our work a top priority until today. I'm thrilled to log that my planetary follow-up initiative has finally been given the green light by Admiral Buenamigo, good friend. <laughs> In the meeting room, Admiral Buenamigo congratulates Captain Freeman from a view screen, saying there's nobody better for Project Swing By, which makes me wonder if it's for swingers. <laughs> uh, she thanks him and says there's nobody better to assign it to her. Ass eyed to mouth, that is. Am I right, guys? Got him. Ooh, suddenly, Buenamigo has a change of mood and asks Greeman to ditch the uh, Freeman. I wrote, wrote Greeman. That's not right. <laughs> Greeman. Um, and asks Freeman to ditch the pomp in exchange for facts, confusing Shax and Ransom who are there. Buenamigo says the first planet they'll be swinging by on this mission is uh, Arnana, where Captain Picard made first contact 17 years ago. So they're long overdue for some Starfleet attention. He says if this goes well, swing by missions will be assigned across all California vessels. Mm. Freeman assures him she'll make it go better than well. Buenamigo says he knows Freeman will do well, which is why he has a journalist from FNN headed to the Cerritos to report on the matter. Buenamigo signs out and Ransom starts to congratulate her when she starts to lash out in anger, saying it's horrible. Shax protests, saying uh, she's been trying to get the swing by project going for years, but she says that the horrible part is the reporter coming, since the ship is a mess and they need to clean it up. A suggestion that makes Shax, Tiana, and Ransom laugh out loud. <laughs> Freeman yells at them, asking why they're laughing, and they suddenly realize that she's serious running mm -hmm. out the door as she tells them to go get their respective departments in order. In order. Order 66. <laughs> Kill the Jedi. <laughs> Execute Order 66. <laughs> and this is nice as revisiting the TNG episode that featured uh, um, the actor that played David. Uh, mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, in Star Trek uh, 2. And, and three, 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 three. Yeah. and uh, also, well, two and three, yeah, yeah. Two, two and three, and his. Uh, he also played a photo in six. Yes, of being dead. <laughs> yeah, and uh, y'all. I mean, he was he was really like kind of the plot crux of six because like it was all about fucking Kirk being like, I'm racist towards Falcons. Fuck, <laughs> they fucking killed David. Fuck, <laughs> I forgot about it for two movies, but Kirk. fuck. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so like without David, like he really wouldn't have had any justified anger. Mm -hmm. Like he'd just be like a bitter racist dude. Yeah. I mean, he is, but I mean, it's kind of, no, it's not relatable. No, I never relate to Kirk. I'm always like, Kirk, you, you're a fucking fat ass. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, come yeah. on. It would have been nice. To, I mean, obviously they couldn't have that actor come back to play David cause he died, but would have been nice uh, they could have. have his angel come back. Have you ever seen <laughs> Angels in America? <laughs> angel in Onarin. <laughs> That's no. No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to make that joke. All right. So, um, mm -hmm. opening credits. Cool. Mm -hmm. 
That's uh, one minute and 48 seconds. This is a quick one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, back on the... Oh, and we got to mention Chris Westlake. Amazing score, as yeah. usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the music in this episode, once again, amazing. I'll point it out in one specific place. I thought it was fantastic, but like... I mean, Chris Westlake, great composer. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, the best composer of modern Trek, which is... I mean, I'm not saying a lot, because there's good music here and there on the rest of the tracks, but like this, this music shines. And yeah, it, like, it's sad with this, with the new tracks, like one of the best shows, like strange new worlds has the worst one. It's super weird. Like, right? yeah, I mean, it, it has the worst. Th- no, Picard has the worst theme song. I in mean, my opinion, I think I could hum the Picard Picard theme song. I can't hum the strange new worlds one. I, c- I can't hum either of them. Yeah, I can barely, I mean, I can hum the fucking discovery one, but it's like, Four super long notes. It's like, I'm like, dude, come on. I'm running out of breath here. On the Cerritos, a runabout lands in the docking bay, and a journalist followed by a small camera droid steps out of the ship. Over with Freeman. She's asking Ransom what they know about the Oronians. Um, or Arnarians, sorry, Arnarians, and Ransom tells her that they were ravaged by a plague, the cure for which was a plant called Facilium, which only grew on their sister plant, uh, sister planet Breca. Mm-hmm. The Breckians exploited their access to the drug <clears throat> and got the Ornarians hooked on it. Yeah. Even after the plague was cured. Yeah, CIA with the with the cocaine. Oh <laughs> hell yeah. Um, <laughs> God, what was I listening to about that recently? Uh, something. Anyway. Um, yeah, CIA, cocaine. <laughs> so, I mean, here's a question. Do you think Section 31 got the Jem Hadar hooked on Ketracel White? No, because that was that was done before. That's what we think. <laughs> I mean, I could I would agree that like maybe this maybe um section thirty one had some sort of like uh hand and getting the uh, helping the Breca like Breckians like get uh get the Onarans mm, addicted to uh true, Felicium. True, true, yeah. <laughs> Fel- Fel- getting the getting them addicted to so, so Felicity. Sure the Sure the, <laughs> so the Breckians the Iranian or the Contras in this situation. I don't really <laughs> yeah, get I don't it, know. man. Yeah. Um, so Freeman asks what Picard has to say about it. Oh actually so um, this, by the way, this is the opiate epidemic. This yeah. is the Purdue's opiate epidemic. Mm. Purdue Farmers opiate. <laughs> Freeman asks what Picard has to say about it. Ransom recalls that by the time the Enterprise D got there, um, Ornara was in shambles due to their addiction. He severed communication between the two planets and then just left. Freeman asks for confirmation of this, and Ransom says, "Yeah, they just left." Freeman wonders if it's really their job to check in on an entire planet that the Federation just kind of abandoned. Mm. Federation abandons a lot of planets, but it's weird to me that after first contact, they didn't, you know, set up any sort of communication with them. Yeah. Like put in some sort of like means that they could, they could, uh, yeah, just something they could check in on yeah, without, so, without, ha- without having to actually go there. Yeah. Even some like emergency distress signal or something. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Some subspace relays. They can just like, yeah, but apparently they just like visited their planet and they're like, Hey, we're going to fix this. Uh, by the way, we'll maybe visit. You know, yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> anybody can, will we come? Nah, yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, uh, they're not like, um, they're not 
they didn't they didn't get fully integrated into the feder- into the federation did they they're not a federation planet no no but they they still had first contact yeah. so i mean you figure they would have some kind of contact after first contact yeah, see if, if it's a f- warp capable civilization yeah see if they want to join the federation yeah um yeah right weird yeah so, um, Ransom tells uh, Captain Freeman to look on the bright side. If the Ornarians have relapsed, they'll need aid that the Cerritos will be able to provide. And uh, um, David will be able to provide aid. <laughs> Making them look like heroes. <laughs> Freeman says, uh, with the reporter joining them, she doesn't want them looking like fools. Just then, Mariner walks by eating something and covered in it. Mm-hmm. Freeman asks her daughter what she's eating. Mariner says it's blueberry filling since they have a pie eating contest later that day in which she plans to roundly defeat ops and suggests they get the reporter to cover the event. Yeah. Freeman walks away in frustration. Mariner asks what her mom's problem is since she got to choose strawberry last year, <laughs> which is like, okay, we got to talk about this real quick. Strawberry pie. What are your feelings? I like it. I think it's fine. <laughs> strawberry rhubarb? That's good. It's like a top two pie. Oh, maybe yeah. top one. Strawberry rhubarb is next level. Strawberry without rhubarb? Inferior. <laughs> it doesn't have the tartness that the rhubarb gives it. It doesn't have the, the firmness that the rhubarb gives it. Yeah. Rhubarb is essentially like a, a it's a grass. So it's like celery basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it must be why they have, they have to pair them together because otherwise rhubarb pie would be awful. Oh yeah. Fucking it would be like celery pie. And it's just, just straight strawberry. Yeah. Straight strawberry yeah. pie is not good unless yeah. it's like a strawberry cream pie. Yeah. Um, which I, I have made lot, uh, some strawberry cream pies in the past that came out very good. Yeah. That's what I call it when I, uh, <laughs> come inside of a ginger <laughs> or, or uh, one of uh, Wendy's new uh, strawberry frosties. <laughs> you just nut into that. Yeah, mix it up, and it's a whole it's a whole new frosty. <laughs> um. So, Ransom tells Mariner that she should make herself scarce for the next couple days. Mariner says that reporters love her and that she's so good at her job. She's like a second captain, a sweet little baby captain. <laughs> Ransom walks into the elevator with Freeman and she says that uh, they may want to make some duty changes uh, to make sure that they make a good first impression on the reporter. Just as Mariner taunts Marty and Ops about his chances in the pie eating contest. Mm-hmm. Ransom says he reads Freeman loud and clear mm-hmm. as the turbo lift door closes shut <laughs> like a tight pussy. And I like how in uh and the um, turbo lift, like there's just like an, another pile of uh, blueberry filling, and she just seems oh, yeah. to be yeah, she's tracking <laughs> it everywhere like a slug or something. Oh yeah, she's leaving a she's leaving that snail trail. <laughs> Man, snail trail of blueberry filling that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's a kind of bitch I'm looking for. No, 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 I'll sleep in the wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> if it's blueberry filling, I'm sleeping in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, you know why, you know why Neelix likes eating pie? Because hmm. it's three point one four. Got him. Hey, Take um, that, Neelix. Yeah, fucking go to jail. Don't pass go. <laughs> Don't collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> um, 
So down in the lower decks bunks, Boimler is complaining that their next rotation has been given to the alpha shift, having not even known that there was an alpha shift. <laughs> Rutherford <laughs> says he was ordered to keep his workstation spotless. And also I got to mention that means there are four shifts on this, the ship. Mm-hmm. Cause they've already mentioned beta gamma and Delta shift. Yep. And so they're, this is a Jellico ass ship. Yeah. They got four fucking shifts, bruv. I wonder if uh, I thought like uh, that the four shifts did go like universal and Starfleet after that. It, it? it might've after that. Yeah. I mean, before that it was up to the captain mm-hmm. um, and Jellico was like, uh, we need four shifts because this is wartime and mm. it's better for like your crew p- preparedness it means people only have to work like six hours a day, so they're well-rested and ready to go. And also so, like, everyone's always ready for all hands on deck. Yeah, and that's legit what I would expect in sort of like a uh, post-scarcity utopia. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, like <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm going to go work in space for free for somebody, basically, yeah. like, I don't, I'm not going to be working eight hours a day. And the thing is, you got to think, too, if they're on still, like, a Terran time schedule, mm-hmm you know, there are a total of 21 shifts a week because there's seven. So, so if they only have three shifts, that Mm -hmm. means everybody works eight Mm -hmm. days or sorry, eight hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. That no one wants that. No, no, that'd be, that's, that's inhumane. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, like six hours at most. Perfect. Yeah. And even, (laughs) even then, like that's still with only four shifts. Mm-hmm. you're still working six hours a day every single day. Yeah. Like you need, I think a minimum of like six shifts to make sure that like everyone mm-hmm. gets time off and there's no like shitty scheduling and clopens and shit like that. Yeah. Which, you know, I've, I've done a lot of scheduling for a lot of people in my time and it is an art form that, uh, I'd say 99% of managers fucking suck at. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they don't either, they don't care or they're just bad it's spatial math oh yeah like uh, one place i worked in baltimore they would always uh schedule me for clopins oh they did that fucking when i worked at whole foods yeah i had a clopin at least twice a month yeah just like like, (laughs) trying to kill people (laughs) no it's just they don't care and they think their time's more important than yours Mm -hmm. because they're managers and they fucking God, fucking god especially whole foods fucking Mm -hmm. idiots yeah some clopins i wish i could just like yeah, just go into go find a small hovel and just sleep there until oh, morning. Yeah. Like, cause like, yeah, what's the point of go- even going home? Yeah, a couple, <laughs> a, a couple of clopins. I thought about cloping up the drawer with my gun in it. <laughs> it's like, oh, but you're trying to get it to it, but you're cloping it. So you're closing, opening it. And you're like, damn it! Like I have OCD. Like <laughs> you're like trying to like dot, trying to time your hand, put it in just at the right time. <laughs> Imagine someone with OCD trying to play Russian roulette and they give him like spinning the barrel. Like, no, no, I need to spin it five times. They're like, Dude, come on, come on, stop it. I got to hit it three times. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always play with OCD guys. Uh, always let the OCD guy go first. Um, so, uh, so down in lower decks bunks, Boimler is complaining that their next rotation is given to the alpha shift, having not even known there was one. Rutherford says, uh, he was ordered to keep his workstation spotless, but he got a station in the transporter buffer and he wonders what happens if it's messy in there, which I don't understand really how he got like a physical space in the transporter. Buffer. Yeah. I, I, that confused me too. I was just like, huh? 
Yeah, because like if physical spaces can go into the transporter buffer, like is there like was it just the console that he works at that he put in there? I don't know. Yeah, because and like it made me wonder too. Like, can you bring things with you in the transporter buffer, and are you conscious in the transporter buffer? Are you just like, is it like you go in the transporter buffer and immediately wake well, up? Yeah, well, yeah, you're not you're not conscious because like, you know, yeah, when um, Mbinga's daughter was in there, she was just like, and also when Scotty was in one, mm-hmm. she, he, like Scotty's like, you know, what year is it? You know, he had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I've been masturbating for what feels like <laughs> centuries. It's like, it's actually almost, you're kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Tendy pipes in and says she's not allowed to scan anything until after the reporter leaves, but admits that she scans things whenever she gets nervous. Mm. That's her stimmy. <laughs> Mariner says it's just her mom being her mom, and there's really nothing to worry about since all they really have to do is sit back and make her look good. Boimler says it's surprisingly mature of her, mm-hmm. right, as Freeman and the reporter pass by. Um. Mature. Let's talk about the mature category in pornography. <laughs> like, do you think they like talk to the the women and they're like, "Oh yeah, you you seem put together. You're very mature. We're gonna put you in the mature." <laughs> and if they have like a, I don't know, like a a 15 year old, it's very mature for their age. <laughs> no, do you think? Do you think like they're just like? Do you think like that's a it's kind of a sad transition for them going into like the mature category. Or do you I'm think sure. Yeah. It? Yeah. Cause I mean, there's like, um, there's a, a transition. I think, uh, women in porn go through from you're at the 18 plus teen. Right. Mm. And then you're co-ed. Yeah. And co-ed. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then like right after that, you're like in, um, I don't know, you basically go into what your body type is, what your hair color is, what your skin color is. One of those mm-hmm. three things until you're like in your late twenties and then you start becoming a milf. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the milf, the milf, uh, goes on. Uh, it's pretty early. I feel a milf is pretty early. And I mean, they can, they can keep that going until they're like fifties until, yeah. and then they're gilf. Yeah. And that also falls under mature. So mature is really a catch all to the gilf and the milf. And really it goes into the whole, you know, um, mother maiden crone. <laughs> type thing for women where it's just like you know you're made in the mother and then the crone yeah yeah right. very philosophical <laughs> sunrise sunset uh <laughs> it was funny because yeah like why we were we were research you know looking up some um star trek videos on uh youtube mm-hmm. before this and then like but also what came up was um this ain't the Golden Girls like <laughs> trailer on, on YouTube, and that was that was. This ain't the Golden Girls. This is the Golden Shower Girls. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at this. Thank look you what, for pissing on me. What <laughs> came up in my search for Star Trek videos for some reason? <laughs> oh, the theme song is so good too. It's like, thank you for fucking my friends. <laughs> Genius! I, I I love it that there are people that put effort into stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um. Boimler says it's surprisingly mature of her, right as Freeman and the reporter pass by. The reporter is excited to be reporting on a California-class ship and says her family is from Flagstaff, to which Freeman responds that Arizona is very near to California. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, Mariner approaches the two and says that nobody knows the lower decks like Beta Shift, and if she wants a tour or anything, to just ask. 
Freeman interrupts and says that Mariner's shift doesn't begin for another three cycles, and Mariner says that's exactly why she has so much free time. Mm. More like free men, Mm -hmm. right? Her mom. (laughs) She's one of me. Uh, Freeman says that sometimes she's so excitable that she doesn't know she should be in bed and orders the computer to turn off the lights in the section as she walks away with the reporter, asking if she wants to see the warp core. Boimler tells Mariner the exchange was demoralizing, and Mariner says her mom is just under a lot of pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Since <laughs> she, however, uh, since uh, she says, however, this will give them more time to practice for the Python contest, but immediately see a sign that says "Python contest canceled." <laughs> we apologize for any inconvenience. The gasp. Rutherford says he's been expanding his GI tract to store more pie in preparation. Also, it shouldn't be said, uh, I mean, probably assume this, but uh, I am a pie-eating champion. Are you? Yeah, I won a pie-eating contest one time. I mean, I... <laughs> so I, I, I've said this... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. Like, I've I've won a couple of eating contests. I'm a very fast eater. Mm-hmm. I am always amazed at how quickly you can eat. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm like, disgusting. Like I, <laughs> I, I will like finish my meal before like my family is like even half done or anything. Mm-hmm. You do the same thing to me, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> like he's you got like some Joey Chestnut shit, and you're like, I give you a burger, and you just like dunk it in a <laughs> barrel of water and just <laughs> shove it down your throat like yeah. you're a baby bird or mm-hmm. something. It's very in- interesting. Yeah, he eats like a pig. Well, pigs tend to chew. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just I swallow like a snake. Yeah, you just didn't <laughs> crush up your food with like a old credit card and just like <laughs> snort it and just do rails. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I bet you. I mean, you no, you couldn't. Uh, so you could do that with astronaut food, you know, the free dried ice cream and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't give you any nutrition. It would just like kill you. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. don't really see too much uh, astronaut ice cream type stuff anymore. I know. I feel that was really popular when we were kids, but it's like not. You don't see it anywhere. I feel like it's a mainstay in like museum gift shops, mm. right? I mean, I bet we could go down to the Air and Space Museum. They definitely have some there. Oh, shit. Yeah, see what they got. Yeah. And, of course, you could definitely get it online. And I think oh, that's yeah. mostly where people get it now. Mm. Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, because what does it have? A, it's a shel- is it shelf-stable for a long time? Yeah, yeah. And I, I wonder, it's like, I mean, do they make any vegan astronaut ice cream? I don't know. That's good to check. Also is like, I mean, that food's dehydrated. So it's like all of that technically raw. <laughs> well, I think it's cooked food that th- that's then dehydrated. So I think Could it loses, be. it loses its, uh, Could be. yeah, lose its, uh, raw, uh, Oh, baby, I like it raw. Do you think? Do you think? Especially, could you imagine if they use like raw milk to make that ice cream? <laughs> just be like gross. <laughs> just like full of bacteria. <laughs> just, you open it up and it's just like a festering sponge. It's grown into like a, a, a calf fetus and it's like, please oh. kill me. And it's separated. <laughs> so, like, into three different <laughs> calf fetuses by color. Yeah. yeah. It's like gross, and then you just eat it. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like just like old bag vomit. The, the chocolate one tastes like sadness. <laughs> uh, the, so, um, 
No, no, no. Boimler tells Mariner the exchange was demoralizing. Uh, Python contest canceled that. Oh, yeah. So uh, Rutherford has been expanding his GI tract to store more pie. Then Tendy says she's perfected dislocating her jaw, which, you know, way too many weird dudes watching got way too excited about. Hells yeah. Way too many. <laughs> even though none of them have anything that would even dislocate <laughs> a hamster's jaw. Hey, we don't know. Like, you know, Gene Roddenberry really fought for the Frank, that the Frangie canonically have giant penises. That's true. Like, Frangies don't watch. Star Trek. And that's straight from the man himself. That's from Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but do they even use them is the question. The Frangi? Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, we, we don't have any proof that I don't think that they have sex other than Umox. I think Umox is just like, you know, you know, just like like foreplay. You think, but that's they the so they talk about Umox all the time. They never talk about sex, and I don't think we ever see like a post coitus You do? Like um Quark and Grilka. Quark, yeah, Quark. The, or are you talking the the Klingon? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Grilka, the Klingon that he marries. I don't remember them fucking. Yeah, they fuck. Like, uh, um, remember like it shows them like, and they're both like all bruised up. W- well, was it in the first? I haven't. Watched I think it was in this. I think it was in the set in the on uh, the second episode she was in where she returned. No, because I watched the second episode recently. I don't think they fuck. Yeah, they fuck. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. 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 A, I'm a, watch it. <laughs> he's. He, yeah. Like. Uh. Because. You know, because after every time it shows them have, have sex. Th- then again, then again, that's him acquiescing to Klingon sex because we know uh, Klingons yeah. have penetrative sex. Do Ferengis have penetrated sex with each other? There's my question. You know what? Well, let's write a letter. <laughs> let's get the straight Ar- from the Ar- horse's Armin mouth. Armin Shimmer, man. <laughs> I mean, he's very active on uh, Twitter. <laughs> he will block us. <laughs> he will block us. Yeah, because he writes like books about like Catholicism or something. Like that was like some book that he. I know he's showing like a, some, um, I think it was like a fictional novel about some about Catholicism somehow. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, we, we pose those questions to him. We'll get blocked and probably get the police <laughs> sent to our house <laughs> for, for harassment. It'll increase our profile, you know? Yeah. You're the guys that keep sending me nude photos. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> um, fucking all Ferengi females are nude, so... Yeah. Are you are you Ferengi f- gendering me, guy? <laughs> oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> um. So, Boimler asks Mariner what her mom is thinking, saying that the pie eating contest is the biggest crew night of the year, not including pond fars, mm. which raises a lot of questions. Yeah, what what's going on at the pond fars? Are they doing public pond far parties? Because that sounds awesome it could just be behind the scenes pond fars you know no i like i like a pond far i mean they'd probably rent out like the whole commissary type area, you know, area and then just like <laughs> i imagine they use cetacean ops for that oh yeah yeah, yeah the cetacean ops guys are freaks so oh yeah they are matt matt the whale especially mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can't do a wheel noise so well. um they see an ops officer throwing the pies away into a uh, replicate uh, in a replicator reclamation, and they beg him not to throw the pies away. He apologizes, but says it's captain's orders: no contests, no pies, <laughs> even cream pies. No, which uh, Rutherford that, is, that is ha- like that happens at the no! pond fires. No, 
You have to wait to get a uh, cream pie at the Pond Fars. Who do you think is the most uh, likely person on the Cerritos to cream pie whom? I, I'm going to say Shaq's to Tiana. Oh, obviously. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He definitely fucks that cat a lot, which brings up a lot of questions. And it may, it, and in like, I know like a lot of like, cause that also, I always, I always wonder like which, which species can procreate. Also like at what stage of evolution is it finally okay to fuck a cat? <laughs> <laughs> Person asking for myself. <laughs> I, I think it. I, I think yeah. The walking and talking, and then like, uh, and so yeah. So so you're saying if uh, if uh, a Cation is disabled, you can't have sex with him. <laughs> well, there's like the sentience and the and the and the ability to consent. The consentions. Yes, the consentions. I like that. So yeah, like uh, so I think that's when the cat can yeah. But yeah, I wonder if like they can. Make a Bajoran Cation baby because I you know like you know Klingons humans you know although they really shouldn't and the thing too is like the thing that doesn't make any sense uh, like so some humanoid species maybe they should be able to procreate but all of their babies like none of them are infertile which they should all be because in in the wild at least in all of our biology uh, if you uh, you know mate two animals that are not of the same genus their uh, fucking, their shit is infertile mm-hmm. categorically across the board. Ligers, all yeah, that yeah. shit. Um, yeah. What the, what are the, what are the donkey mules called? Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but it, yeah. those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those things are all infertile. And so like, They're not donkey mules, horse mules. <laughs> yeah. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't make any sense that like, uh, Bolana can have a kid and get pregnant from a, a human mm-hmm. that doesn't make it. Cause she's half Klingon and she's getting pregnant from well, a I mean, full human. Well, I mean, also, like, uh, Kaler, like, you know, who oh, Worf yeah. has a baby, but she's half Klingon. Exactly. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. And, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think it makes sense. No, it doesn't. Biologically, no. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, they proved this wrong, though. Cause, like, yeah, but they did a dumb thing, I think. Do you think, do you think uh, in the new season of Picard, do you think uh, Alexander will have a kid? I don't think they're going to bring Alexander into it. Unfortunately, I yeah, think they should. I think they, they really should. should. I because think honestly, he should be the big bad, like coming back <laughs> after Dad. That'd be fucking funny. Yeah, like uh, Amanda Plummer's character removes a mask, and it's actually Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. You know, February nineteenth. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so. Rutherford begs the officer for a pie, saying he's been starving himself for days and he needs crust as he rips off his shirt. Which I, I don't love, like the shirt ripping off. It's yeah, a I thought that was a little, yeah, I thought that was a little silly. Like I was like, but not silly in a good way. No, <laughs> yeah, like it'd be it'd be funny if he just like cried and be like, I need pie or something. But like the ripping off the shirt and being like, then just shoot me with your face. Yeah, stunned me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's like, too melodramatic. Like the melodrama. Comedy doesn't really work on the show, I think, so well. Yeah, it's that's that's what the Rick and Mortyness that I'm just like, eh, no one would ever behave like this in the situation. I think they're probably trying to go for some easy jokes or something, just because yeah. there's there's not too many 
It's not. This isn't a, uh, like a very laugh out loud. No, it's episode. not. It's it's a lot more like referential and more so like I don't know. It's, and it's story kind of, story driven. Story driven and it's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a serious episode in general. Which mm-hmm. I actually didn't mind too much. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was fine because it was told pretty well. So yeah, know. but yeah, there wasn't a lot of like you know hilarious moments. And I guess they're probably just like well you know probably the original script was probably like you know Rutherford begs for crust and they're just like well what can we make this a little funnier and. Rip his shirt off. Yeah. It would have been funnier though if he like begged for crust punk and the guy's like, fucking, we got rid of that 200 years ago. <laughs> he's still wearing, he's wearing the uh, crust punk jacket from the last episode. He's <laughs> like, fuck, fucking crass. We killed all their fans in the eugenics wars. Yeah. We thought we got rid of you. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Cause he had like the, the punk to Republican pipeline. So they're mm, kind of like, they got wiped out, you know, Republican. Like, yeah. Just like with the, you know, the new drive towards the post-scarcity communism that we have now, that they have in Starfleet. <laughs> so disappointed, Mariner tells the group there's plenty of fun things to do on the ship that doesn't end in sugary diarrhea. And Boimler says, maybe for you. I always wonder that, though, about, like, replicated food. Like, it doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't have to have, like, the same... Nutritional content? Nutritional yeah. content exactly, as what it's supposed yeah. to be emulating. Like, yeah, it can it, just be, like, it could just be, like eating the equivalent like those blueberry pies could be the equivalent of just eating a bunch of kale you yeah, know right. <laughs> but it would taste like blueberries and not have any sugar because mm-hmm. i imagine like it w- sugar alcohols have got to be so advanced like sugar alcohols now are awesome yeah like with a with a proper mix of a couple sugar alcohols you can make something that's sweeter and better than sugar mm-hmm. like i honestly like a little bit of uh a little bit of um Stevia, not stevia, sorry. Um, uh, sucralose mm-hmm. with a little bit of allulose mm-hmm. is fantastic, mm-hmm. phenomenal, just out of this world, dog. Yeah, yeah, sugar kind of, kind of done. We're done with sugar. Yeah, I mean, sugar is pretty harmful when you think Sugar's about it. Sugar's terrible for you. So, I yeah, mean, it makes well, sense they probably would like kind of like keep that, you know, in the future to recognize that and probably just like, you know, make things taste sugary, but not actually have right. any sugar at all. Exactly. Yeah. But who knows? But you know, they're, they're still having sugary diarrhea in the future, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe they do it because they like it. Maybe that's their. No, oh, yeah. Maybe that's their kink. Yeah, that's you know, Bo- that's Boimler's kink. Is he's like, I can't, I can't fucking come unless I'm shitting water. Yeah. Like it's gotta be, I gotta be squirting out of both ends for. The- yeah, and that's the thing. Like once you get to a certain, um, certain level of advancement, and then like you, you've effectively wiped out a lot of different experience, like you know, harmful, you know, harmful or unpleasant experiences. Mm-hmm. Then you start to, uh, you would start to uh, intentionally seek them out. So it's just like because like we no longer have food that causes like awful diarrhea, <laughs> sugary diarrhea, you know, like um, you know, and that's just become something that you know you get too used to actually just like having healthy, normal BMs, and you want to like, well, I want to pl- go on the dark side, you know. True. Yeah, seek seek something, seek out a new experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good. Yeah, I mean, like, and it makes you wonder, like, when people like, so it's it's thought that like people don't actually use the bathroom in star Trek and that like the waste reclamation, it's basically beamed out of them while they're being transported like, you know, into a waste reclamation unit, Mm. which is an interesting idea, but it also like, it means like, so is everyone's butthole like pink? (laughs) Like does, does no one like, 
Do they or do are those are those muscles very weak now exactly. because they don't use them? Exactly. Are they so then like they, they so they're always leaking just a little bit of <laughs> anal fluid? Like they just ate like three packs of Pringles yesterday? Yeah, they can't hold their bowels, so they like just me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they they ate three packs of sugar free gummy bears and four sleeves of Pringles yesterday. Well, that's the thing. Like you know, when we show when it always shows them like you know working out or doing some things like that are you know they're on their off time you know, doing exercising or. Or their special interests, like they're also doing a ton of Kegels. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, like, oh, that's a good point. So, like, that's they're just point. like they're just like doing Kegels. Like, uh, there should be a Kegels class where they're all like doing like you know how when Worf was show- teaching the martial arts. Oh yeah, but instead, like there there's like you know Boimler. Like, and this teaching. one is for warriors with <laughs> yeah. two yeah. prostates. Uh, in flex, and then just shows them like kind of just doing movements, but they're also just like just like really like power, you know. Tighten in the sphincter. Tight, tight, tight in the sphincter. Like a, like a fucking balloon knot. <laughs> that would be funny. Like they're wearing like the geese and they're just like standing in place. <laughs> like they're just doing, doing like the giggles. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. And uh, Worf is going up behind each of them and like trying to jam his finger up their ass. He's like, <laughs> not tight enough. <laughs> you have the sphincter of a warrior. <laughs> Give this man some prune juice. He can now, he can now hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of giving you a black belt, he just gives you a fucking a pass to get prune juice from a replicator. <laughs> yeah, a tall glass of prune juice, and you can, you just drink it in front of everyone while they go kapla kapla. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much better than just pooping. <laughs> I am Worf of the House of Poo. <laughs> uh, Rutherford continues to beg the ops officer for pie. No, we're already past that. No, we're not. Um, so Mariner says they should go grab some synthahol and have a synth a good time at the bar. Mm. Rutherford continues to beg the ops op- officer for pie, but the ops officer says he can't, and Rutherford rips off his shirt and begs him to stun. She already went over. Mm-hmm. Eh, whatever. Over with the reporter, she's interviewing Barnes, uh, the trill on the ship, about the Cerritos, and Barnes says last week... She got to scan an ancient probe from an unknown civilization, and she just signed up for aerial silks. Mm. Um, which I actually, uh, quick aside, I actually just found out. I had no idea. I didn't know that uh, symbionts could only pair with the trill people. Well, I mean, um, I guess it changes in discovery, yeah. like way later. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I for some reason I I thought that they could, you know, symbiotes could just like find a suitable host of any race. But I guess it's just troll people. Yeah, yeah, because they're on the same, they're from the same planet, right? Right. And it's like, yeah, just like uh, they kind of have like you know, those kind of similar, well, not really, but you know, symbiotic relationships on on Earth. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're just like two species that were on the same planet together and form that together um, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool it's like a clownfish and a dude with a clown fetish yeah i kind of sometimes wonder if they're ever going to bring like the dax symbiote back somehow oh i would and, love to and, see more dax dax and, would fuck yeah and like discovery five you know in season five like maybe not in discovery season five <laughs> dax discovery dax discovery that's the that would that would really make it watchable be like yeah dax discovery yeah i mean i don't know Fucking Esri Dax's actress probably didn't do anything, is she? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't even remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> uh, 
she was good and I liked her. She's just, you know, she's yeah. not just Jadzia. No yeah. one's Jadzia. Jadzia mm-hmm. is such a sloppy, awesome slut. Mm-hmm. And we love that. Yeah, we love her. Yeah, we, we, we love her, folks. <laughs> she's our favorite. Besides maybe Riker. Next, we get Kayshawn in an interview, the Tamarian, who says, for him, the Cerritos' is life in the cave of Garanaga. Uh, the reporter asks if they make him live in a cave, and he tries to... Uh, backpedal the statement and gets flustered and he says no but he has lived in a cave before next we get matt the whale and another cetacean officer who say this is the first place they've ever gotten unlimited fish and when they're not stellar mapping they party in next we get jack ransom who is clearly trying to hit on the reporter and she excuses herself saying that's enough interviewing for the day Next, we get Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford walking through the hallways towards the bar, and an officer tells them to turn around as they aren't allowed to come in. <laughs> Mariner protests, saying that they're not on duty. They just want a drink, and it's their bar to use. The officer corrects them, saying it's no longer a bar. It's a commander's lounge. And it's only for interviews at the moment. Just then the door opens and an officer walks out and Mariner notices Jet giving an interview. She points out that he's not a commander, but rather a lower decker like them. And he shouldn't be there. Mm. The security guard says there's an approved list of interviewees and he's on it. Mariner gets mad about this, but Tendi stops her saying she's got some Sanusian root back in her bunk that should knock them out. Did you get that reference? Yeah, I was kind of thinking like they're talking about like uh, it's like kind of like uh, Benadryl or something. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I was like, yeah. is is that a reference to something that's been in a Star Trek? Because I'm like, Maybe. that doesn't sound familiar. But yeah, you know, if if you get that reference, uh, fucking DM me on something and I'll <laughs> send you a dick pic. Mariner <laughs> excoriates the security officer. I'm not kidding, unless. Unless no, seriously, if you want to see my dick, I'll see. But also, you're not saying that it. You're, you're saying say, you're saying a dick pic. It doesn't have to be yours. No, no, it's gonna be mine. <laughs> I've got a gorgeous dick that oh. you just gotta see. <laughs> uh, Mariner excoriates the security officer, saying she understands her mom is stressed out, but that the reporter isn't actually reporting anything, since this isn't the Cerritos. Actually, is as she marches away indignantly. Tindy asks what she's going to do, and Mariner says she's going to tell the truth as she runs off. The Cerritos arrives out of warp on uh, Ornanos. I can never... I Mm -hmm. I kept on writing this differently, and I kept on recorrecting... Onara? Onara, there you go. Because, yeah, the fucking... My autocorrect is being a... Mm -hmm. Whenever I write about Star Trek, it's like, that's not a word. I'm like, (laughs) trust me! And it's like, no! I'm like, it's a in it and they're like no i'm like it's the way fucking andorians fuck and it's like no it's not and i'm like okay i just made that one up my, my spell spell checker always like corrects words that actually do exist and i have to constantly go God, back i hate that i'm like what is going on so uh cerritos arrives uh out of warp uh on the planet and the reporter asks freeman if she's nervous for the very first mission in project swing by and the captain says They were peaceful when last contacted, but they should just be ready for anything. Mm -hmm. The reporter says she, for one, feels safe with his amazing crew, and they beam down to the planet. Um, And this is here where I wrote, like, why didn't they set up communications on first contact? 
it's a warp capable civilization, and they don't have like any means of contact to the outside galaxy. Seems also, like presumably, they could have like contacted them before they beamed down. A hundred percent. Because right. also, like, uh, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Like, just randomly beam down to in the middle of a uh, of a random location and talk to whoever you meet. Like, right? You could you. You, you don't have, have like some kind of emissary to talk to. Yeah, like some sort of representative to uh, to get the thing. But I guess like they do get approached by a representative. But still, they, they do. But he just like finds them. Which yeah, like, finds them. <clears throat> so anyway, um, that seems weird. Um, so uh, and also, he I wrote I wrote a thing here that has actually bothered me for a long time. So, what does the word beam mean to you? Uh, like a light beam, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, to me, when I when I hear beam, I think tractor beam, right? Mm-hmm. What does the word warp mean to you? Uh, go fast. Yeah. What does it mean in a Star Trek context? Uh, it means you know, like do faster than light travel. Right, right. What does what does the word transport mean to you in a Star Trek context? Uh, beam somebody or dematerialize someone and be- Be- beam. That was the yes. first word I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you th- thought was a beam of light. Yes. Right. So what I'm getting <laughs> at here is they don't have a word for their dematerialize dematerialization in the transport buffer and rematerializing somewhere else mm-hmm. process. They don't have a word for that. They call it beam warp and transport three words that are also techno babble for something entirely mm-hmm. different in star Trek. It's, I don't think it's a good system. They need to come up, they need to call it like, uh, I don't know, something different or, or choose a different word for something else. There, like the transports, mm. they should have only ever called runabouts. They should have never called them yeah. transports or something like that. Or warp drive should have only been like light drive or something like that. Like they, there's just like too much techno babble. That's mm-hmm. too similar mm-hmm. that they fucked up by getting it wrong the first time in the original star Trek series. And they never rectified it. <laughs> and that's probably the one that fucks with me the most is like, uh, beam down, warp up. And I'm like, no, I haven't uh, heard warp up. Did I? I mean, not warp up, like beam up, but you know, uh, they, they <coughs> call it, they call it the warp mm-hmm. on occasion. Like, uh, or, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I always like see like, or, like th- three to warp is what they say yeah. or three to beam up. And I'm like, they're not, yeah, they're not the same thing. Uh, yeah, three to transport. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. it bothers me. It bothers mm. me. And now it's going to bother you. And listener, if you're listening, now it's going to bother you. And if it doesn't bother you, once again, <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. Go fuck yourself. But I mean, Go like with those other people who I told to fuck off earlier. Who was that? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't some, some someone politically <laughs> undesirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, English has a lot of redundancies, you know. The English too; they can yeah. stop listening as well. If you no, 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 but I mean, like in, in the English language, like there's oh. lead, there's lead, lead, you know. You have we have lots of words that mean have dual meanings. True, true. Yeah, yeah, but right. but I mean, this is supposed to be Star Trek. They should they got rid of problems, <clears throat> and here they're creating new ones. Yeah, they're creating tautologies and duologies here. Mm. We don't we don't need those. Yeah, all three. No, I already read that. Down on the planet, it's like one of those ancient Roman type of planets, mm-hmm. which is weird for a warp-capable civilization. Yeah, it could just have the aesthetics of that. Yeah, but still, like, they like carved everything out of rock and stuff. It's like, <laughs> no, don't do that. 
Freeman notes that everything looks good on the planet, and it seems as though the uh, Onarians are in a good place, but tells the crew to remain vigilant in case they encounter any trouble, noting that sometimes the dark reality is hidden just beneath the glossy interior, mm-hmm. which is a good way to uh, describe our um, gloss stickers now for sale at soytrack.com. Glossy exterior, it's mm-hmm. a dark reality in the surface, which mm. is, what's the dark reality behind our merch? Uh, it's more like a dork reality. Am I right? Got him. <laughs> Just crying over top of the sticker machine. Oh yeah, they're they're sealed by tears. Yeah, yeah I I put a single tear on every single button. Like, think <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Just then, an Onarian named Benir greets them, saying it's so joyous that Starfleet has returned in introducing himself as the local magistrate. Captain Freeman introduces herself and says she knows their first contact had some difficulties, but Benir cuts her off and asks if she's worried that their culture had difficulties after they were cut off from the facilium, the drug that they were addicted to, and Freeman asks if they did. Benir says Picard was absolutely right, and it was the best thing that ever happened to them, showing the crew a mural of the Enterprise D leaving the planet. <laughs> Uh, but then after that, uh, he moves on in the mural and shows the rest of the civilization freaking out in a violent display of art that was actually a sick mural. Yeah. Uh, he says they were in a bad place for maybe 10 to 14 years, but they figured out and started focusing on healthy diet and fitness mm-hmm. and says, you could say they're addicted to that now. <laughs> yeah. Addicted to fitness dick in your mouth. Ooh, oh, got, him. got the whole civilization, motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, Ransom is taken by this and says they're his kind of people, asking Benir how much he benches. Benir says they don't do it for the numbers, but rather to quiet the voices in their heads. That's <laughs> pretty funny. That's the most noble, noble pursuit. Indeed. Ransom says nice. He does 250. <laughs> uh, Freeman interjects and tells Benir he has Starfleet at their full disposal asking how they may need assistance, but Benir says they're all good. Mm. Freeman asks if he's sure, offering medical supplies, engineering technology, and even unlimited snacks. Oh, yeah. Unlimited snacking on his pussy, baby. (laughs) But Benir says Starfleet has already done enough before ripping off his shirt and pants and excusing himself for a 10K race. The journalist asks Freeman if she expects all the swing-by missions to be this superfluous, And Freeman turns off the camera in indignation, saying she's going to step away and make a quick, secret Starfleet call. Mm -hmm. Ransom offers to tell the journalist about his own fitness journey, which she doesn't seem too thrilled about. Another thing here, she can just, like, call the Admiral from the planet on this pad, but they don't have any type of technology that can contact... Yeah, they could they could they could have left they had left uh um yeah some technology there for them to contact Starfleet whenever they need it. No, but instead they're like, no, we're just going to cut you off from communication from everybody. Bye. See you later. Maybe never. Yeah, and that's also I mean, it's also interesting. Yeah, she's looking to um, you know, yeah, create create news because yeah, I mean, really like this would be just like a good news story that like it's missing the whole point where it's like, okay, these people were helped by Starfleet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is, and the fact that they're doing good should be celebrated. Not like, you know, I need some juicy, juicy story for my, for my, um, 
for my thing. It's just like, but we know how the MSM works. We do. They're not, they're not there to report the truth. Mm-hmm. They're there to report whatever George Soros pays them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, that is an interesting story, you know? These people just had, you know, t- 10 to 14 years of darkness and... Mm-hmm. Now they're all like a bunch of cool, cool himbos, and yeah, I bet Neelix would like ten to fourteen years of darkness. <laughs> Mariner calls up Winamigo on her pad, and he asks how the mission's going. She says it's bad, as it seems they don't need any help. Winamigo says that can't be right, telling her to check their government just to make sure it's not being run by kids or someone pretending to be the devil, <laughs> which is a reference to like twenty episodes. Of <laughs> uh, Freeman says they're seemingly fine. Winamigo worries that if they don't find anything, the entire swing by program could be in jeopardy. Da na 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 right, Jeopardy. That's uh, but yeah. I mean, like, why why would it like they like just because nothing's going wrong doesn't mean that's bad. But we're still yeah, checking up on him. Yeah, exactly. They're, he's like, oh, well, our first contact uh, program seems to be doing well, so our second contact program throw that out the window. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like. They already have, I mean, the swing by thing is just a second contact mm-hmm. and they're just, it's just by a different name. I don't know why they're calling it a different program entirely. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. And also how does, how do they really know it's like, okay, these people don't need help. They just talk to some random guy and one part of their, of, yeah. of, of, of their entire planet. Instead of, it's you know, like, go, it's like going keeping to, in communication with them for the past 17 years. Like they could have. Yeah. It's like it, but it's like if someone just like beamed to Ohio you know, it's an alien. Don't, Diego. don't you dare suggest that. <laughs> There's like nobody div- asked ask, ask an Ohioan how it's going. And they're just like just a random Ohioan. The guy's like, eh, okay, I guess. <laughs> and it's like, well, these people don't need anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, ignoring like everything else going on everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. When Amigo worries, no, Freeman suggests that if they go back to beta three, uh, Freeman suggests they go back to beta three, saying they've already probably fallen for Landrew again, referencing the finale of season one in which they find a planet previously saved by Captain Kirk that is once again controlled by the same evil computer as before. <laughs> when Amigo suggests they can go to the pusher planet to see if perhaps they have some issue they can fix. And Freeman agrees with this, saying they were left off worse than the others on first contact. Meanwhile, Ransom is telling the reporter that glutes are cute, but obliques are for freaks. Hells yeah. Agreed. Got them comb gutters. That's why I do pull-ups. Lots of pull-ups every day and just think about how much I hate myself. <laughs> Until, and yeah, you're just like the Onarans. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, <laughs> like, I like to believe I'm I'm like Riker. I'm a mm-hmm. little, maybe a little bit more Ransom. Because mm. I like to fuck a churro woman. <laughs> I like to fuck a big cinnamon bitch. Wait, you that that's what that's for? I ate some of that. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the special sauce. You know what? I did think it tasted a little off. Neelix, just, <laughs> Neelix's personal recipe. I just chalked that up to it being room temperature. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, bet it, I bet it did taste like chalk. <laughs> I chalked it up with my cum. Um... So Freeman tells uh, the reporter that since their work is complete on the planet, they'll be swinging by to Brecca for more work, mm-hmm. just as planned. Back on the ship, the reporter is walking through the hallway when Mariner calls her over saying, Yo, news lady! To which she responds that she was just about to talk to her mother. 
Mariner says before that she has some things she'll want to hear, which Ransom overhears and sees her going into a room with the reporter. Dun, dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> In Captain Freeman's ready room, she's figuring out a place to put picture of her daughter Mariner and what position to be in when the reporter enters and right after that the reporter rings the doorbell she comes in and asks if it's a good time for the interview Freeman says yes and that she's undoubtedly seen through her interviews and observations that she runs a tight ship that is well equipped to handle greater things than second mission contact second contact missions however tight is not the word the reporter says she'd use to describe the Cerritos. She says it's a wet and sloppy. <laughs> uh, no, she uh, Freeman asks what word she'd use, and the reporter says chaotic, irresponsible, silly is a term I've heard thrown around a lot. Freeman is taken aback and assures the reporter that nothing they do is silly <laughs> the reporter asks if it's true the first officer was turned into a giant head that tried to eat the ship like a hamburger and freeman says that was just a one-time thing the reporter then goes on to say she heard freeman left her post to take her engineers on a spa trip where she had an emotional breakdown she asked if freeman did or did not transport a uh, doubler into a starfleet party as revenge for not being invited the reporter asks about her giving a Pandorian drill instructor a heart attack, Kayshawn being turned into a puppet, spear-wielding aliens taking over the ship, Cork getting kidnapped. <laughs> Freeman looks at her picture of Mariner and grimaces, knowing exactly who spilled the beans. Mm -hmm. Where do you think the expression spill the beans came from? Hmm... I'd just spill your beans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, why does that have to mean like telling someone the truth? Hmm. Maybe because it's like the act of spilling beans, you know, like uh, causes a huge mess, just like telling the truth, you know, because beans are very, you know, messy. They're small. They they could be individual individual pieces. They get everywhere. So yeah, sm spilling the beans is as bad as spilling the truth. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just speculating, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not well. Just saying. <laughs> Mariner walks into the bridge. I don't know. I was want to eat some beans. Now, <laughs> now I'm just hungry for some busher beans. <laughs> I do have some vegan beans. If you want some baked beans after this, oh yeah, I, you just have to open the can. Give me a spoon. I'll oh, take. Yeah. I'll take I them. Will... I'll take. I'll take them room temperature. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like them cold, like my women. <laughs> uh, Mariner walks into the bridge and tells everybody to look alive. Everybody's favorite ensign's on deck. Everybody is staring at her angrily, and she says, they're a tough crowd, noting that the camera does add 10 frowns. I love which that. Which is actually an amazing line. Mm -hmm. Mariner walks into the captain's ready room, and her and Ransom are waiting for her. Ready. In the ready room. <sighs> That's pretty cool, right? Uh, Mariner says morale is down and wonders if everybody is on edge about the report. Ransom said he saw her talking to the reporter and Freeman asked what the hell she, she said. Mariner excuses herself, saying she had to tell the reporter some stories about it, what it's really like on the ship. Freeman says she made her look like a fool 
and Ransom says she's gone too far this time. Freeman asks when Mariner is going to grow up, saying she has no concept of when to shut her mouth. Mariner, which is what I look for in a woman, <laughs> um, when I pull my cock out. <laughs> uh, Mariner says she's an essential part of the crew, and Freeman says not anymore. Well. Just like they did to essential workers in late 2000. <laughs> But like this is like also just setting up like don't want, I won't spoil it, but it's just like kind of like a threes company miscommunication type plot line. Yeah, where like it's a guy having two sex with both of his roommates <laughs> living in a house, and Don Knotts is his, uh, was it Don Knotts that was his name? yeah Don Knotts and yeah and then, uh, first it was uh, Mister Roper that's then right. it was because uh, he been shooting ropes. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Mister Roper because I'm real under Shabari, you see. Hells yeah, he's probably shooting ropes. Yeah. Probably and then Don Knotts was shooting knots. <laughs> dog knots. Dog knots. <laughs> Just jerking off dogs. <laughs> Come on, knock on a door. He did look. He we'll does be have jerking <laughs> off dogs. <laughs> he does have that face. It's like just he would be. Don Knotts jerking off a big dog knot. <laughs> <laughs> Not shooting ropes. <laughs> um, so I'm very sorry. We're very, we're both very sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I stick by my my jerking off dogs joke. <laughs> Ransom asks what Freeman means, and Freeman says there's a place for people like Mariner. Yeah, Starbase eighty. Bum 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 bum. bum. Ransom is uh, surprised at even this. Freeman says she's already put in the transfer and uh, the shuttle's on its way to pick up Mariner. Mariner asks if this is a joke and Freeman says she wants Mariner off her ship before they get to Brecca so she doesn't cause any more damage, saying she's no longer her ensign or her problem. Well, Oh, no. Um, the music here is actually amazing. Mm. It's like very intense, very fantastic. It gives like... Uh, kind of a high stakes feel to the whole scene is really good. Mm -hmm. Freeman says she doesn't know if she can even call her her daughter anymore. Dismisses her. Whoa, that's brutal. And I'll just sit all to impress a reporter. Uh huh. Like I mean, I've done a lot of things to impress reporters, but mm -hmm. mostly kidnapping reporters. Walking through the hallway, everybody is eyeing Mariner and saying shit about her under their breath. Mm -hmm. Just then, my favorite character, Steve Levy. The conspiracy theorist she went on a single date with shows up. Mariner says she just can't right now, but he says he knows all of this is all part of some temporal Cold War shenanigans. <laughs> but still, what she did was really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so even even the, the crazy alt-writers after. Mm -hmm. Suddenly Mariner sees her girlfriend Jennifer and runs to her saying her mom is acting like she stabbed her in the back. But Jennifer is also mad at her, saying what she did hurt the entire crew. Mariner asks what she did, and Jennifer says she'll keep her opinions to herself, giving Mariner her candle back, since it clearly didn't mean anything. Mariner says she feels like she's losing her mind and asks if this is a frame of mind type thing, where she's going to wake up with a... Neural drain on her head, referencing the absolutely iconic episode where Riker goes feral. Mm -hmm. And it's it's weird. I don't think they usually reference 
things by actual episode name. She actually says frame of mind. I mean, occasionally they do when it's like, it actually makes sense to do that. Mm -hmm. But like here they just name an episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, surprising almost, but Mm -hmm. still works for me because, you know, I like the references. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jennifer says the only neural drain on the ship is Mariner. Yeah. Fucking diss. Con- Con- Connor of uh, uh, brain drain. energy energy vampire. Mm-hmm. Mariner says she needs Jennifer to believe that she didn't do anything wrong. Just then Captain Freeman makes a ship-wide hail, saying for security reasons to refrain from communicating with Officer Mariner for her duration on the ship. Damn. Now, it's very strange. They don't have any sort of whistleblower protections in Starfleet. Yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah, it, like, it really, she should have had some sort of, like, um, advocate for her that could, that probably would have cleared this up. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, I don't know, like a union or something? Yeah, like, yeah, some somebody that would have been like, okay, no, you can't just, like, uh, unjustly. So, this is 100% clear retaliation from management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two underlings for whistleblowing. Yeah. That even like the US government protects. Yeah. Really that's more of a scandal than than uh, a lot of the stuff that that uh cuz like what what uh what's embarrassing mm-hmm. uh the captain is stuff that the happen- truth. Uh, yeah, and, and just also stuff that happens to every single Starfleet. Exactly. <laughs> star, uh, star starship. Like they all have those like wacky, you know, wacky space encounters mm-hmm. and it's just like but really, yeah, it's just like oh, retaliation towards um, towards uh, um, someone that's uh, with a with a power differential, you know? Just, yeah, and, so, and someone who literally just told a reporter the truth, mm-hmm. yeah. which is whistleblowing. Yeah, like so, it's it's all fucked up. So yeah. Yeah, she should add some sort of like Starfleet advocate. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah, because like that's the thing is like there are a lot of like court case episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where yeah. like there's always an advocate on each side and they mm-hmm. don't really have space lawyers so much, but usually like the captain is one advocate mm-hmm. and then they usually choose someone else from the main cast, usually like the first officer, science officer, ops, someone like that to be there. Yeah. Or and they could also yeah, just have like a like a union rep type person that yeah. like that goes to bat for them like whenever they feel like um yeah, they're like someone's being treated unjust like a lower decker is being treated unjustly. Right. But but the thing is too, this is a science organization. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing. If this was just the military and we we knew this was just the space military, I would understand this in a way cuz you can get away with sh- bullshit like this in the military. Yeah. Right? But this is supposed to be a science organization, but it's running exactly like the u.s military does now <clears throat> which doesn't tell me any good things about star trek yeah <laughs> um yeah so mariner shoves the candle back at jennifer and tells her to give it to castro she doesn't even care mm. um talking about uh fidel castro mm-hmm. in a very weird reference that i don't understand why is uh, he's their friend in the in the holodeck Oh, right. Like, (laughs) thanks for killing JFK. And he's like, that was the CIA, but you're welcome. Because, you know, like in Voyager, like they have the Irish um, town they all go to. Oh, right. right. And on the Cerritos, they have like, you know, they go to, uh, you know, 1950s (laughs) Havana. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, Except all the queer characters don't like that very much. (laughs) Um, in her bunk, Mariner is packing when Boimler, Tendy, and Rutherford run up saying they just heard she's being transferred. 
Manhattan transferred. Got him. Wow. Uh, no, I didn't. Mariner says, apparently she's torpedoed the entire California class. And Boimler assures her that she's done worse, and this will blow over. Blow all right. Mariner reiterates that she didn't do anything. And Boimler says, yeah, sure, but maybe Bo Mariner should apologize for what Freeman thinks she did. Mm -hmm. Mariner says, whatever. It's not her first time getting kicked off a ship, but the goodbyes are the worst part. Resolving to not say anything and just taking her duffel bag and walking away. Mm-hmm. Boimler says she can't leave the Cerritos. Mariner says she can and gives them the Vulcan salute as she's walking away. Mariner enters the shuttle bay and two guys are hanging out on a dirty runabout that <laughs> I refuse to call transport. Yeah. One of them asks if she's Bucket Mariner. She corrects him and says, Bucket is part of my other podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Wowie zowie. I'm here on both shows. She corrects them and says he must have gotten some elbow grease on his pad. Uh, he says he must have gotten some elbow grease on his pad. She says that's not what elbow grease is. The other guy says the Cerritos is nice and doesn't even smell like garbage or sweat. <laughs> and he'd do anything to work there. He asks if the captain is going to see Mariner off, and she sighs and says... Guess not, approving her transfer in doing so. One of the crewmen gives her a yellow uniform, saying it's a one-size-fits-sum, <laughs> laughing. She unfolds it, and a sandwich falls out, much to the gleeful surprise of one of the crewmen, saying, I told you I didn't eat it. <laughs> they get in the transport and head off to Starbase 80 as Boimler watches sadly from the bridge. Uh, he gingerly asks Freeman for orders, and they resume course. To Brecca. The Cerritos arrives at Brecca, and Freeman gives uh, Dr. Miglimo, the ship counselor, the con. <laughs> Which, why would you give the counselor the con? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they, they've given it. I think, the, well, there's a whole, you know, where um, they're making sure uh, Deanna Troy could get the con, you know. Yeah, but Deanna's, like, known to be competent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, she had to, just, remember, she had to... Um, um, uh, send uh, a hollow a hollow Jordy to his death in order to uh, finish like her. Uh, in her order dream. to finish, all right. <laughs> it's like it can't die or I can't come unless Jordy's dying. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I order you to go kill yourself. And he's like, I, I, and that's how she's like able to then like you know take control of the ship. I love that. Yeah. So, so maybe so Maglimo presumably has done the same thing. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think it's a great idea, but I'm honestly here for any time. Paula Tompkins gets a few line in any series anywhere ever. Mm -hmm. Great, great voice actor. He says it's a feast of opportunities to make her proud. Boimler asks for orders and McLemo has him hail his mother so she can see her special boy being captain. Aww. I thought it was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Down on Brecca, Freeman tells the journalist that Mariner's stories are heavily biased and her focus should be on the successes of Project Swingby and the benefits it can give planets. The journalist says hopefully they can do more on Brecca since, frankly, um, Ornara was a dud. Freeman says she's sure they're about to do uh, be extremely useful and the journalist asks to whom, as it seems the entire planet is abandoned which you figure they would have scanned from the surface. Yeah, again, like, yeah, this is, like, stuff, like, to prevent any sort of surprise they could have, like, been doing, like, yeah, planet-wide scans and mm -hmm. 
you know, they probably would have seen a little something that's coming. A little something, something. Like <laughs> what, what are all these little, little energy spots doing here? Yeah. But if they did, the show couldn't happen, so. That's true. So Ransom says it's a good thing they arrived to note that everybody is missing, calling Project Swing by a success. Just then, something passes by a window and Freeman orders phasers out. Something doesn't feel right. Ransom goes into an alleyway and finds someone, a woman who insists he has to go. He says he's with Starfleet and asks where everybody is, just as she's vaporized by a weapon. A group of Breen appear, and Ransom yeah. engages in a fight with them. The, we haven't seen the Breen, I don't think, since DS9. Mm-mm. Since DS9 <clears> season <throat> 7. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we love the Breen. The Breen, yeah, are, the Breen are cool. Breen are super interesting race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they can't like be... Like they, they can't really be understood with universal translators unless they're mm-hmm. heavily modified, which is super interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fun. They're uh, and also, you know, you can't trust a man what's made out of gas. <laughs> you can't trust a man what's made of gas. Um, so Freeman has everybody beamed back up. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, uh, so a uh, a group of Breen appear and Ransom engages in a fight with them, hailing the rest of the crew who immediately come under attack. The reporter records the attack, but her camera is destroyed by the Breen. Freeman has everybody beamed back up to the ship right as the container they were hiding behind blows up. Freeman and the crew rush back onto the bridge and orders red alert. McLemo pretends to be mad at his mother for calling and hangs up on her. (laughs) Freeman orders them out of the system and Boimler notes that Breen interceptors are closing in fast and firing, hitting the Cerritos. Shields begin to fail, and they fire a full spread of torpedoes, which are blown up quickly by the Breen. Um, God, I really want to say something about Neil Breen, but there's just no good segues. Yeah. The Breen launches a torpedo that makes a direct hit, and the Cerritos is beginning to um, get destroyed and lays dormant. The Breen begin to board the ship, and Freeman has the crew prepare invasion countermeasures. Elsewhere on the ship, Shax prepares for the invasion, telling his security detail that the Breen don't take prisoners, so they should fight until their last breath. Suddenly, another ship appears on the scanners. Freeman asks if it's Breen, but Boimler says it appears to be Starfleet. Just then, a ship comes out of warp and destroys a Breen ship. Freeman asks what kind of ship it even is, and the Breen seem equally confused as the ship easily destroys them, saving the day. The composite animation they do here is actually remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like blending 3D modeling with like inking. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, Freeman asks Ops to hail the ship as she wants to know who to thank for saving them, but there are no life signs aboard the ship, a ghost ship. Uh, uh, Boimler says they have an incoming transmission and it's Admiral Buenamigo. Uh, Freeman asks if he's on the ship. And he says nobody is. Introducing the USS Alito, the first of three ships in the Texas class, fully automated starships. Mm. Freeman wonders what the fuck just happened, but Ransom says Project Swingby just revealed a Breen incursion, so everybody should be very impressed with the project. And so it was like uh was like uh, uh the swingby mission just to like Hopefully, like ha- enter enter a situation where they needed to send that in. That's and that's what Buen Amigo was waiting, counting on. Maybe I 
I kind of doubt that they knew about that, though, because that would have them being in contact with the Breen, which I guess they may, I don't know. Yeah, but it just seemed like maybe, like, he just had, like, the the ship just, like, waiting on the edges and just then. Maybe. And uh, see if, like, uh, purposely put the Shredos in potential danger. So then be uh, saved by the. Perhaps. Texas class ship. Next, we get a news report from the reporter, who I guess is named Victoria Nuse. Yeah. Which is a great name. You know? Yeah. Or news. It might just be news. Yeah, Victoria News. Victoria news. Um, uh, and the report's called Starfleet's Shame. She reports that in her time on the ship, she recorded a culture of conflict, showing clips of the interviews, revealing that everybody except for Mariner revealed the embarrassing stories to the reporter. She then shows Mariner's interview in which she praises the captain and the crew and calls them both her given and chosen family. News calls Mariner the sole voice of exceptionalism and uh, talks about how she was just, uh, she was transferred for just talking to her. She asks if Freeman really is the best captain or perhaps a cruel taskmaster. Attendee is watching on a pad and everybody realizes that they were wrong. Over with Freeman, she's calling Starbase 80 and Freeman says she's made a terrible mistake and asked to speak with her daughter. The guy looks through a Rolodex and says he can't connect her. Freeman asks if they have working communications and the guy is offended. He says they do, usually, (laughs) but he can't connect them because Mariner has resigned her position from Starfleet. She asks if he's sure, but the call is cut off by the the crew trying to kill a bat. (laughs) Off somewhere in space, Mariner is at a calm when who enters? But Petra Aberdeen, Uh-oh. from a few episodes ago, galactic archaeologist who's found a lead on some Vidalian mummies who must be pretty ancient and refers to Mariner as her number one. They agree to mummy it up together and go into war. <laughs> End credits. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, I feel like the... Um uh, the conflict with uh, Mariner talking to the to the uh, reporter, mm-hmm. you know, obviously could have been cleared up very easily. Very, <laughs> but it's like when if she just you know just told them the you know said what she actually said and said mm-hmm. like and really like um her like Mariner storming off like you know being like I don't I'm gonna tell the truth of what's going on here mm-hmm. like she didn't actually know what anyone was saying but she made it like she's like oh, I have to tell the truth and it's like you know she's just saying something very innocuous where it's yeah. just like you know I love working here <laughs> you know and it's just right. like and so it's like well you know why did she have to sell it like she was going to like spill the beans spill the beans mm-hmm. you know in such a way and but other than that like you know it was a good episode uh, I also wonder how what the utility of such a sensational news program would be in the future. Like, that's a great question. Like a, like a, like a, such a, like a, you know, you know, like damning sort of like news thing that we're used to that we have. Yeah. You know? in- investigative journalism against like <laughs> basically the government's only standing like fucking <laughs> institution. I really yeah. don't understand what they're trying to do with that. Right. Yeah. That, like if anything, <laughs> they would have like Starfleet internal investigations mm-hmm. and basically like at some point, all news I hope is going to become something like a peer reviewed Wikipedia type journal. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and, and really like and they've established that they don't really have tv they anymore. don't at all I and mean, so like yeah. uh, i mean except what for, are you, you know, watching it on yeah what are you watching on what is uh, what what is this news program that people are watching for mm-hmm. like this like this you know this hard copy style right <laughs> uh show but I also think it would have been funny though if they if they that they use like the whole like you know reporter um, thing to maybe bring uh, Jake Cisco back because <laughs> like because like now you know it's like enough years have passed where he would um, mm-hmm. like he would be established yeah. reporter and Sarah Clawson's doing nothing yeah he's a, he has a podcast yeah. and, and Just, all right yeah he could he could return to acting you know like the others yeah, I think it's a it's called the Seventh Rule yeah it's all right yeah. Yeah, why doesn't he just like pop in? You know, that'd be cool with that. Fine with Jake Cisco returning. We love Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be cool. I I kind of saw this episode. Yeah, it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't. I would definitely say it is easily one of the weaker episodes this season. <clears throat> and I, I see agreed. It more of as um, it's a it's a means to an end episode in storytelling. Yeah, and in as much, I feel like they lot they let several like plot holes and just kind of. Mm-hmm. Not lazy storytelling, but easily fixable storytelling be told in order to get to the end point of Mariner being with Aberdeen at the very end. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It was fine. I like, like some of the references it mm-hmm. made, but as you said earlier, it really wasn't deeply funny. It wasn't laugh out loud funny. It was fine storytelling in a fine episode of the series, and it mm-hmm. fits well in the context of the series. But if someone showed me this and been like this, this is why you should watch Lower Decks. You'd be like, I don't want to watch Lower Decks. Like, yeah. I, this is just like, I don't know, kind of dour, like, family conflicts cartoon. Like, why? Yeah, and and and, uh, and you see, like, uh, the last episode had, um, you know, it had comedy. It also had storytelling, and mm-hmm. you know, and like it was it was a very funny episode. I'd say and, the last three episodes have been really like quite good. Yeah, quite good, and yeah. Yeah, this one, yeah, yeah, definitely. I would put one of the weaker ones in it. I, but I do feel it could have been, could have been funnier. But yeah. I still like it all the same. It was all right. Uh, you know, for for being this guy's first uh, featured script that he wrote himself or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a writer's room wrote and punched up and stuff. But yeah, you know, for for being his script, this is a decent first script. So good job. I think his name is Ben. Whatever. Yeah, Ben Dracula. Yeah, no, no, Dracula was the director. Oh, Dracula was He's the director. He's already done some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sega Dracula. My, yeah, my name is Sega Alucard. Go to go fast. <laughs> yeah, I got to go fast. Sega. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, eh, not bad. Um, it was. And it's weird because I feel like uh, they really usually um, backload the good episodes of the seasons mm-hmm. to be episodes nine and ten of the season, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and that, that's true for uh, seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Definitely not true for season three because yeah. episode nine, a little bit weak, especially compared to I think episodes five, six, seven. I think were a great run. Yeah, I wonder if this is also just kind of like, yeah, kind of like serving as a part one of like right, what the right. se- what the season finale will be. Like, mm. you know, we're gonna have like you know Peanut Hamper maybe, and you know, come back and oh, with the uh, the fucking Jeffrey Combs computer. Yeah, the Jeffrey Combs computer, mm-hmm. and uh, and then also include the Breen somehow, you know, because yeah. like because like the introducing the Breen was a pretty pretty major thing that happened in this episode. It's like yeah. you know, like that. Oh, they're they're gonna have some more conflict with them, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was kind of. Who knows? And because it never really explained what the Breen were doing on the, on that planet, or how those people are doing. Right. Yeah, we just kind of left and didn't really like. We just kind of left and didn't really like uh, help them out. Didn't show any kind of like resolution with that planet. 
Uh, question for you. What happens to a brain um, when their dialysis stops working? What's that? Brainal failure. <laughs> Brainal failure. <laughs> Got him. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with that, that is all the new Trek for the week. Uh, would you like to get into the Klingon word of the day? Sounds good to me. Today's Klingon word of the day is deck, which means credit. Deck? Deck. Deck. D-E-Q. Oh, deck. 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 Well, like, um... You could say, deck scores are scams. <laughs> Wait, what, was it money again? Credit scores. Credit. Cre- oh, credit. Cred- yeah. Credit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or like, how about, yeah, suck my deck. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, yeah, because a dach is credit. Yeah. Yeah, it means credit. Well, you can suck someone's credit. Yeah. Do you think? think a dach card. Yeah, deck card. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds good. Well, thanks. That's the Klingon word of the day. Yeah. With that, are you ready to get into some subspace transmissions? Let's do it. Here we go. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. What's up, motherfuckers? It's that part of the show where we uh, go through and uh, read comments online of uh, whatever we just watched. And being that there are no IMDb user reviews up for this yet, we are going to go ahead and take a look at stuff from... Uh, why did I just go Irish there? Um, we're going to take a look at uh, comments from the r slash Star Trek forum on Reddit. You were channeling uh, O'Brien there. I guess, oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So uh, first we have a comment from Via Lies. All right. Uh, says earlier today, I liked it. Those combat scenes were great. Even if this makes the third time that the Cerritos has to be saved by another ship. That was not how I saw Mariner entering up with Petra. Interesting. This mean that the bit with Mariner Indiana jonesing her way across the chasm has to be from episode 10. I guess it's the cold open, but I don't think we've seen any other preseason trailer have anything past episode 8. Our first glimpse of the infamous Starbase 80. A fully autonomous ship? Yeah, I guess that M5 worked great. Alito? Agimus and Peter Hamper team up for season four, Big Bad? Mm. Minor nitpick, the Breen don't take prisoners. DS9, uh, Penumbra tells us differently. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe that's, prisoners, so. maybe that's where they are going. Like the, um, uh, the, uh, Automated ship and uh and Agamus and uh Peanut Hamper are gonna team up. That's guess, good. That's a good I point. That. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad storyline. Because no. you have to wonder, yeah, what the what the utility of a of a crewless ship would be, mm-hmm. besides like maybe like manned manned uh or un well you know obviously unmanned uh voyages into deep space or like as it just did like mm-hmm. um the uh 
Um, for, I mean, for, for war, it makes sense. Yeah, for, for war, for it makes battle, sense. Like, I mean, they're they're basically huge drones mm-hmm. at that point, right? But also, yeah, they could have it have it uh, completely staffed by holograms or something. True. And like, and, I mean, at some point they should, right? Just have mm-hmm. everything staffed by either androids or holograms. Yeah. Like that would make more sense than having but, people. <laughs> but also, I think like, but also, I think like the like having like uh, people does make sense because yeah, it's all about you know self exploration, like the. The exploration in the space is an exploration of yourself, and you know, yeah, and meeting. but so is masturbation. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I do all that at home. But yeah, just also like physically going and meeting the people, meeting new cultures, and masturbating with them, right? And yes, of course, that no, well, that's part of it. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's how. How else are you going to get to know like aliens besides master masturbating with them? Next, uh, next uh, comment comes from Starfleet Time Lord. So definitely a fan of both Doctor Who and Star Trek. Yeah. They say earlier today, anyone else pretty sure that Texas class is some shady bullshit? There's no reason for the Breen to be there. The Admiral picked that planet specifically and showed up sp- suspiciously fast. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The Breen are canonically easy to impersonate in an unmanned mm. warship seems like something that would raise some red flags, especially considering what happened last time Starfleet tried to that. Thank you very much, Dr. Daystrom. And a certain secret organization we just got a look at last episode would mm. be back. Maybe this was the project pre-implant Rutherford was working on. Oh, yeah. They're going to tie it all together. Uh, it made, makes a lot of sense. Like if, if Admiral Buenamigo was the shady character in that thing, Mm. They could all tie together pretty well, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, yeah, I mean, as we have seen in the past, you know, most Starfleet admirals are evil. They are. And so, as we've this, seen from conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, and like, so, uh, yeah, this could be uh, Admiral Buenomega's uh, uh, heel turn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that would, that would tie it up very good. Yeah, just like the, you know, Peanut Hamper, the Section 31, uh, all the, all of it. Yeah, uh, Rutherford. Yeah. Rutherford behaves. Rutherford behave. Rutherford behave. Ooh, God, that's that's really good. Like, oh, behaves, but it's Rutherford behaves head on or on a uh, fucking uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, it's like, oh, Rutherford behave. That's very good. Yeah. yeah. So next, we got a comment from R three Li L A I. I guess I don't know. Calling it for three times ten. Mariner digs up some type of time-traveling artifact. Breen shows up and tries to take it to time travel back to win the Dominion War. Mm. Freeman and crew shows up to save the day. Boimler and Mariner gets caught up in some temporal wake in an escape temp and end up on Strange New World's Enterprise. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder how they're going to get them to the Strange New World timeline. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I okay, I, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because they've already been... recorded their scenes for season two. So, like, mm. I mean, they they basically, I mean, unless they're going with like you know maybe it's like their great grandparents or something like that, which would also work, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, they're gonna have to do it in the next episode to make it make sense because. Strange New Worlds is going to screen before the next season of the show is on. Mm-hmm. So even if they have written an explanation to season four, it's not going to make any sense if they put it in season four. 
Or you know what? Maybe maybe they'll do like you know you know since you know they love re- you know referencing other stuff. Maybe it it'll be like a Strange New Worlds episode, and then it ends. It turns out it was a holodeck simulation, and it's actually Boimler and Mariner watching, like like Enterprise. They don't have holodecks yet. No, but I oh. but Boimler and Mariner do. Oh, like I the see, Strange I see. The, stra- yeah, yeah. the Strange New Worlds episode is actually a holodeck simulation that they're watching. And, no, and, and, they they would not do a last episode of Enterprise on us. I don't I, I sincerely <laughs> I sincerely don't believe after the last episode of Enterprise they will ever do that ever again. But, but I think no would, one would allow them to. But yeah, it would just be a but it, the episode would have actually happened, but then it just reveals that that Boimler and Mariner are watching it happen and and then like then the rest of the seasons just No thank you. <laughs> In fact, just no, not even thank you. <laughs> Uh, rude no um so next we get a comment from optical data or it could be data i'm not sure no he can figure that out for himself saying i saw the mariner twist in the episode a mile away oh yeah i think everyone did (laughs) i don't think it was just like given the direction that they've taken her character since season one but nonetheless that hurt poor mariner tries to do the right thing for once and explodes in her face i'd explode in her face (laughs) She's a cartoon. I wouldn't do that. Be, be, just, I mean, I, I come all over paper anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess I probably would. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they've got a return of the iconic dodgy Admiral trope. Yeah. A brand new drone starship suddenly turning up in the nick of time to save the Cerritos. Mm-hmm. Partnered with how the Admiral immediately jumped to sending the Cerritos to Brecca after they'd spent five minutes on Rana. Also raises questions about what happens to those starships with the synth ban. One would hope that they couldn't be class of, classed as sentient, but this is Starfleet, the organization that tried to create a medical assistance tool and created an entire database over holorites. There's also the whole storage facility at Daystrom of evil AI, which, well, I expect that's where they're heading with this. Mm. The small details from Starbase 80 were great. The old TNG-style com badges... The mustard jumpsuits from early TNG, and of course the tiny Type 15 shuttle pod covered in grime. Really nailing that this is an arse end of the quadrant assignment for people Starfleet can't drum out. Yeah, I think I'd probably end up there if I was in Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would never join Starfleet. Really? If yeah, if they were like, hey, uh, you could like go explore space, or you could just like live on earth and do anything you want for free and just fuck i'd be like yeah yeah we're we're going for option two there <laughs> yeah definitely i think i would fuck definitely space like, i think i would definitely join starfleet i mean riker's got a cool thing going being like i want to fuck everything in the galaxy mm-hmm. but like i don't know human pussy rules <laughs> human butt rules human dick rules mm-hmm. like like you know you know, love the one you're with. I think yeah. I think that that's a song. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I could see me just ending up on Starbase Starbase Eighty and just yeah, South things would go for me probably. <laughs> um, so it was fun to see the brain again, but weird that their energy dampening device seemed to work on the Cerritos, given they solved the problem in DS Nine. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm really tired of seeing the Cerritos being a constant punching bag in fights, though. I'd love for them to have one glorious battle encounter as opposed to constantly being saved or heavily damaged. Eh, 
It's not. I mean, it's it's meant to not be a warship like at all. No, yeah, it's, seen it's as like one a reconnaissance the, ship. Yeah, so. it's seen as one of the lesser ships that could. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the California class is like intentionally kind of weak, and so mm-hmm. I don't know if it needs to be bulked up at all. I think that's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we have a comment from Two Cars. I have driven more than two cars in my life. He says, Yo, SS Alito, Texas class, NAO1. I imagine this... Sh- oh, I'm doing special ed. I, I really need to not do this one. It sounds like one of Noel Fielding's characters. I, I think I think it was just literally special ed. Oh, yay! <laughs> I imagine this ship is going to get mothballed after the synth attack. Yay! No. Uh, if if you all remember Crank Yankers, mm-hmm. you probably have back problems now. Uh, so USS Alito, Texas class, NA01. I imagine the ship is going to get mothballed after the synth attack on Mars in four-ish years. There's advantages to designing a more powerful ship without worrying about life support and gravity plating. Can pack a lot more inside when you don't need negative spaces. The episode felt overdramatic such that I started thinking the crew accidentally got exposed or addicted to the drugs. Mm-hmm. Or that they were in a simulation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks that, yeah, like, Picard is kind of just, like, introducing all these things to the time, to the, to, to the timeline that are just kind of stupid. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that a synth uh, attack is supposed to happen and all AI is supposed to be outlawed and that just seems silly. <laughs> um, but that that's only for that season, though. Because at the very end of the season, they un-outlaw it. They legalize it. But, it's, but it lasts several years. That's true. That's yeah. True. But, yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be any of the years these are taking place. I don't mm-hmm. think that'll, I think this ends basically, like, right before Picard starts, mm. I want to say. If they're doing the whole seven-year thing, I'm not, yeah. sure. I'm not sure if they're trying for that or not. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. All right, and uh, we're going to close out the subspace transmissions on this last uh, little thread here. Uh, it's a couple couple responses to a comment. We'll start with the comment itself from Zofi says earlier today. The most embarrassing revelation, or should I say most interesting, is that post-Dominion War, the Breen, based on Jack's reaction, have not been all that active post-war. That being said... Strong and powerful Breen are a scary, scary thing. If they have themselves recovered from their losses, also the Texas class seem like a cool ship idea, but Starfleet and AI don't have the best history, i.e. control or employers. And uh, Nimrod Hellfire says right after that, (gasps) Will a powerful AI computer warship with heavy weapons, what could possibly go wrong? Pretty sure we will see it return, and Admiral Buenamigo will face the consequences of blackmailing the Cerritos. Blackmailing the Cerritos? Yeah. I don't understand what that means at no. all. Uh, and then, very last comment to close this out. Uncertain error says, Wonder if Buenamigo's the mystery senior officer overseeing the shady project that Rutherford was on. Yeah, boom, boom, I can, boom. I can, I can yeah. definitely see that. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You got it going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess that is Subspace Transmission. Oh, yeah. So, 
with that, it's just about the end of the show. But before we get to that, let's talk about the end of a life. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's mine. Not today, Ah, unless you really piss me off. (laughs) It's Red Shirt Obituaries. Well, the away team was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. So thanks a lot, time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember Lieutenant Ilya, who served as navigation and helm command aboard the USS Enterprise under Captain James T. Kirk. Ilya succumbed to like V'ger, a giant space pussy, dematerializing her so that it could replace her with an exact robotic replica of her that then acted as V'ger's emissary. Mm-hmm. I think I got that right. Yeah. The replacement uh, would later dematerialize with Will Decker former captain of the Enterprise in a fulfillment of V'ger's wishes and a conclusion to the very, 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 very long Star Trek The Motion Picture from 1979. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace among the stars, Lieutenant Ilya, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. Yeah. R.I.P. Bozo. R.I.P. Well, with that, where can we find you on the internet, Pat? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Potomac Bomb. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And you can find me anywhere at Soytrek. But you know what? Just go to our website, Soytrek.com, or go to our Patreon, Patreon backslash Dumb Idiot BS, if you want to pay to help support the show. Uh, yeah. you, you get the show in better quality. You get both episodes at once, right, right as we release them, so you don't have to wait till next Tuesday for the the classic random episode we're watching. Mm. So come on, get get in the get in the pool. Water's warm, man. Yeah, where the getting's good. Get in the get. Well, the getting's get. Captain's log supplemental. Well, that's all. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 75 says, home is where the heart is, but the stars are made of latinum. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 so